And we're live on the rant, rantemradio.com. And Ooh. if you're listening to us in platform, uh, platform, what an asshole. Platform. If you're listening to us in podcast form, oh, let me turn that down. If you're listening to us in podcast form, we appreciate the download. Be sure to join us every Monday night on the rant, rantemradio.com and the Hot Mic app. When you download the Hot Mic app, just put in the code word wizards. Uh, it's free and we get the credit that we deserve. Uh, Tony. Episode 504. How are you feeling over there? I feel like an old man, but I still feel good. Why do you feel like an old feller? Because I'm an old feller. Feller. Fella. Fella. Hey, there was a lot of great wrestling this week. A lot of great wrestling. We got Nelly's butthole up in the air. Also, some not so great wrestling that we'll hear about from, I'm sure, Matt and Kevin. I think Kevin watched it as well. But. The greatest match of the week is not from the most likeliest of sources. No, 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 no. Find out what my favorite match of the week was. What else are we talking is? Yo, we got picks to cover as well. Yo, we got we got results from fucking uh, Impact's Bound for Glory. We got results from uh, Hell in a Cell, and we got a lot of other shit to talk about. We're talking Chamber of Horrors tonight. Great American, great American bash. Jesus, Halloween havoc. I gotta get the fucking holiday right. You can get it right too. This is your last chance to get a Shining Wizards holiday shirt for the holiday of Halloween. Right here, this bad boy. We got pumpkins, spooky spiders, and a boo-rific ghost. Check this out. Get them right now. Twenty bucks shipped. Wizardspodcast at gmail.com. Matt, I got nothing else to plug. We're gonna plug all the other shit later. Well, let's plug the show. Let's do it. Next, episode 504 of the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. The following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network, broadcasting live on rantiumradio.com and available on all podcast platforms and at shiningwizards.com. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Get our merchandise at merch.shiningwizards.com. Shop at Amazon at amazon.shiningwizards.com. Become a patron at patreon.com slash wizardspodcast. As always, we thank you for your continued support. And now, enjoy the show. This is Gino Guts of the Taboo Crew, running WrestlePro Rubshot, and you're listening to the Shining Wizards Podcast. Fucker. What's up, fuckers? I have a small dick. Whoa! How dare you? God damn Ladies and gentlemen, the Shining Wizards. Five, oh, four, Shiny Wizards Wrestling Podcast. What's up, everybody out there in Radio Land? If you are your news, you're listening to my boys, where it's wrestling talk. And talk about wrestling. Got to turn my mic on after the intro. Turn my mic on, Tony. All right, let me no, start this Matt. Well, welcome yeah, to the Wrestling Podcast, where, of course, it's wrestling talk. And talk about the wrestling. Big Puma. T-Donk. <laughs> Big Puma. T-Donk. Matt didn't do a Kevin nickname. I'm surprised. I was waiting for it. Y'all, yeah, y- you guys broke my heart two weeks in a row. My friends, my wrestling friends, 
and you spoiled another fucking pay-per-view for me. Let it, never mind that it was just one match. You still spoil it. I'm in the goddamn fucking woods by Great Adventure working in the fucking ice cold, mm-hmm. standing on the wet grass, dealing with all these drunk people at a wedding, and I got you two right. schmucks. To, oh, you didn't want spoilers? No, I spent $40 so Kevin could watch the fucking Impact pay-per-view for us, you fucking <laughs> hand job. Tony's like, oh, I heard this happen. You treat me what really well, this? Matt. And I don't <laughs> mind, but then Tony's like, I didn't know you didn't want spoilers. I didn't know you cared. I didn't know this. My name is Tony Z. And then we get some fucking emo text to- yesterday. To- oh, can't wait for tomorrow so I could be yelled at all day. Well, it's true. You're gonna, you see, you're picking on me now, and then Kevin will pick on me later for my questions, and then it'll come full circle. You spoiled no, the show for me. I didn't. First of all, Sue Young wasn't even on the show. So the fact that I said that, I could have been 100% fucking with you. But mm-hmm. instead of getting that, huh? I get, thanks a lot, asshole. But it, you know what? From what I heard from you and from your cohorts over at Degeneration Y, I wasn't the one that fucked you over. Impact was the one that fucked you over because it wasn't a great show. Am I wrong? Was I hearing you incorrectly? Um. <clears throat> Well, Tony, we got to go full disclosure here because we, me and Tony were talking about the show in a separate chat because we did not want to spoil the show for you. Oh. And Tony accidentally put the, that into our, our text. And I'm like, and I was like, oh, it's, it's, it, it's impact. I'm not well, camera. That like, I'm thinking to myself, oh, wait a second, this is a pay-per-view. This is an impact. Well, <laughs> And in fairness, Kev, thank you for trying to deflect some of the pain. Blame it. Like, taking, Kevin was taking the blame that it was his fault that we were talking about it. Because if, if we didn't, then I wouldn't have made that mistake. Yeah. Enough, Kevin, I, I, I started the conversation about impact totally. Listen, I'm lonely. I need to talk to people. So <laughs> I decided to talk, talk to Tony all you want. Talk to him about everything <laughs> under the sun. Don't ruin my fucking pay-per-views, you two fucking jack wagons. All right. I, I retract my uh, deflection. It was 100% Tony's fault. All right, I'll, I'll take the blame for it. Don't worry, I will uh, effectively ruin everything going forward for the two of you. Not just wrestling related. I'll find out what TV shows you watch. I'll find out what movies you like. I will crush you. I will crush you like a bug. Good. Tell me what happened in Seinfeld Season 3, Episode 4, and I'll be devastated. I know I know you're a big Seinfeld fan, so I'm not falling for your trickery, Kevin. Hey, give me, give me some spoilers you. on The Mandalorian. I haven't, I haven't watched The Mandalorian. See, uh, see, he won't watch it, so I'm good. I didn't Kevin. say I won't watch it. I said I haven't watched it. I'm a big Mandalorian guy. Yeah, you look You're like a, a Mandalorian fan. guy. I'm, it's not a surprise. Big, huge Sasha, Mandalorian fan. So Sasha if you want to spoil Banks. that for me, go ahead. Sasha Banks is in this season. Did, that's season. In the, she's in the trailer. Did it just start? Isn't it just starting or soon? Starting Friday. Friday, huh? All right. Oh, yeah, here's you, something. You, you already you, see the obnoxious posts on Facebook already. You guys, uh, you guys have uh, Netflix. You got Netflix, right, Matt? Yes, sir. You ever watch Bill Burr's show? F is for Family. Yeah. Okay. I had no idea that they had a season earlier this year. I found out about it like three days ago. I'm like, how long has this been here? So I've sort of been binge watching along with all this wrestling. The last season of F is for Family. I don't know if it's the last season, but the most current season. Yeah, where Kevin he falls in love with the girl. Yes. I do. Yeah. I do. You know what I'm up to? I'm up to the last episode where uh, what's her name started going into labor and Frank's in uh, what you call it? Cleveland. In, uh, Cleveland. Yes. All right. Interesting stuff. Funny. So, Funny so stuff. is it possible that you guys just spoiled the whole thing for a whole lot of people? No, because this has been out for a while. It's my fault that I had no fucking idea about it. 
Gotcha. No idea. So, gentlemen, let's All talk. Right. Let's talk impact professional wrestling. Let's talk bound for glory. We got a full show tonight. We don't have any guests coming off a strong Teddy Long show. Uh, and if you are uh, a dirt sheet reader, you uh, may have saw that uh, the Teddy Long interview was out there. Props to Kevin for writing it up and uh, Tony for uh, getting it out there. So props to you guys. Teddy Long, an awesome guest. He should be getting his Shining Wizard shirt uh, today or tomorrow. Oh, guess uh, what? I, I learned how to do a uh, Teddy Long impression. You want to hear it? Uh, yes. Do we? Oh, wizards. I get what you were trying to do there. Poor guy. Hey, for effort. Terrible, ex- terrible execution. I know. I couldn't get the. I couldn't get that techno gravelly yeah. kind of voice. You should, you should have thought this one through. I, I didn't. <laughs> My bad. Poor, poor feller. Well, once, for two. once we got past the technical issues, the interview went very well. And Teddy's an awesome guy. So uh, amazing. Amazing. I think, uh, I think, Kevin, you have a funny sidebar about uh, Teddy Long. Yeah. I forget. I forget how many days after it was. It may have been on like Wednesday or Thursday. He called me and, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, and I knew it was him. Because I, didn't, I didn't have his number in my phone, but I knew it was him because it came across his private name, which. Uh, which it would have uh, when I talked to him on Monday. And he's like, hello? I'm like, yeah. He's like, uh, is this Kevin? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, did I talk to you about a podcast? I'm like, uh, I'm like, not since you did the podcast. <laughs> and he's like, he's like uh, yada, yada. I'm like, he's like, I'm like, no, Teddy, Teddy, you did the show. We already did it. It's done. He's like, oh, all right. That's cool. And then, then just left me with a holla. Now, let me ask you this. Do you guys think it would have been a terrible idea to pretend that we didn't do the show with him and book him again for this week? Or that have just been too rotten? Or would that have been a cool joke? I mean, I and think- then he's and then he sees the same backdrops and the same three mugs that that he saw the week before. Play. I thought I've been here before. No, sir. We've never spoken. How are you? You sure, player? Yeah, we're sure. Actually, he might not notice. <laughs> No, you think he does a lot of interviews? I think he's got a lot. It seems like he has a lot to promote now, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if he did. Listen, when we did the interview with Rohit, he was everywhere, like, immediately. Yep. Like, he did Sports Illustrated. He did, you know, PW Insider. And then I think someone else, too, recently we had, and was just I, – I mean, I guess that's what they do. I guess they go through the motions. with. Uh, we're, the, we're the trendsetters. These people wouldn't be on all these other shows if it wasn't for us. Am I right? Look, look, I'll give you an example. We had Teddy Long on Monday. Teddy Long was on SmackDown on Friday. Coincidence? No. They forgot that Teddy Long was back because of us, and they put him on TV. They're listening. He was the stenographer in the Otis and Miz trial for the- Law and Otis. Yes, for the right to the briefcase match, which we'll get into. Full disclosure, I I know I'm corporate Kevin. I haven't watched maybe more than 10 minutes a night of WWE programming. And that includes NXT, which I'm ashamed of. I actually watched like 90% of the pay-per-view. But oh, the pay-per-view I watched, of course. We're, we're talking yeah. impact, though. Let's get back to uh, Matt's evening. All right. Well, we, we had an impact pay-per-view Saturday night, and we had picks. Oh, you oh want- boy, did we? Please, Tony, please, if you'd be so kind to cue up that wonderful music. 
It's time for the fucking disastrous Shining Wizards pay-per-view picks. Bound for glory edition. Dare I say. Go ahead, say it. Five worst meta picks ever. Hey, Matt's uh, playing music. Ah, oh, look at that. Matthew. I would like to say I have done a first in the picks. I was perfect. 0-7 this week <laughs> at the Impact Pound for Glory picks. Uh, listen, just so you guys know, and I should have texted you earlier, uh, the women's match I did not count at all. No, good call. Because it complete, cause if, if I think if Sue Young oh. was in it, it would have changed it if we had known beforehand. Still did not do any favors for any of us. I ate a giant uh, shit sandwich. Um I can't believe I went 0-7. It's never happened before. I went through all the picks from last year and all the picks from this year. There's been a couple one and something, two and something, two and five, two and six, one and seven. Oh and seven though. I mean, you guys didn't do much better. Tony, you went one and six. No. Woo! Kevin, two and five. Wait, oh, Kevin big winner. Right? Kevin got two right. Yeah. Rohit. Rohit and Rich Swan. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, and uh, Tony, you got Rohit right. I got Rohit right. That was the only one. And I lost every fucking pick. Wait, who did you take for the scramble? I took Trey. Oh, really? Yes. Fuck. That was a last-minute switch. I actually wanted to pick Chris Bay, and then I switched to Rohit. So let me ask you this. Who was in the lead going into this weekend? Did you Not have a lead on me? I did. I did have a one-game lead on you, Tony. Ooh, so we were all tied up going into Sunday. Yes. Well, a spo- <laughs> spoiler alert on Sunday. We all have the same record. Yes! So I ended up gaining a game. Kevin picked guys. up a game. Nelly, you're going to have to go because we're doing a podcast. Cat butt, cat butt, yeah, cat butt, yeah. cat butt, cat butt, cat butt. Oh. Um, so uh, we all went three and two at Hell in a Cell, and we'll talk about that. And then at Bound for Glory, I was perfect. I went 0 and 7. Uh, Tony <laughs> went 1 and 6. And Kevin went 2 and 5. So the standings are me and Tony at 132 and 72. And Kevin is only a mere three games back now at 129 and 75. Oh, baby. And we're like less than three months to go now. Yeah, we're in the final. St- it's going to come down to the last couple of pay-per-views like it did last year. I'm like the St. Louis Blues, baby. I had the worst record at halfway, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to win the Stanley Cup. Let's do it. Kevin's looking to go back-to-back. I can do it, baby. Tony's shaking his head. Look, Tony, I mean. Can't take Rohit. Get out of the kitchen. Tony, you got off to a white-hot, white-hot start, Tony. You and then you, the fucking COVID happened, and you, like, your picks got COVID, bro. Wasn't I like 70 and 10 at one point? It you were like 42 and 7 at one point. Like something ridiculous. Like you were fucking killing us. Whoops. Yeah, whoops. For someone and who you hated the picks so much that you literally shit on them. And I still hate the picks. You think I like this? I hate it, this. You're done and T dunked it up. I hate it. I hate I still hate the picks. Hate now, them, hate them, hate them. Now, Tony, let me. I know Kevin watched Impact. Uh, Tony, oh, yeah. did you get a chance to watch Bound for Glory? Nope, I have, didn't get a chance. I watched a whole bunch of other wrestling, just not Bound. That's for okay. Glory. That's okay. Me and Kevin will take you on this journey. Awesome! Um, I can't wait. Wonderful journey. 
It's like a magical mystery tour. It was something, my friend. Uh, God, or something else. Um, I will say this: Impact has been doing great stuff on TV leading up to this. Uh, man, this pay per view was rough. Watched, Kevin. I don't know what you thought. I mean, I don't know if you want to go through a match by match, but I'll tell you what what stood out to me as the positives of it. And there were really only maybe maybe three. Like, and I love Impact. I say it every week. I'm a big Impact shill. I love it. The main event, I think, saved the show from being mediocre to good-ish. But while I was watching, I was like, man, I am not as into this as I should be. Uh, I loved Moose and EC3, uh, even, even though that the I didn't predict it right. I thought that if you, Matt, you don't see Matt. How often would you say that you tune in to Impact? I don't regularly? watch it every week like you do. Okay, so like if you get like this match, like should have been one of these cinematic matches, just because everything they've done up to it has been like a stalker cinematic had this theme to it that the only way they could really, I mean, obviously you could have a match and a regular match would have been better, but this match deserved to be one of these cinematic pieces, which we're seeing just about every show, no matter what company we're in. So that, that needed to happen this way. And I liked the finish just cause it was, it, it just made sense just based on the story they were telling. Uh, that's, that was a big part of it. Main event uh, saved it. And, and normally I would say the knockouts match, but not this time for me. Um, just didn't, I mean, it wasn't bad. It just, not, nothing about the show was, except for the main event, was super outstanding to me. Everything was just like there. So, and, and that stinks because it's the biggest show of the year. And I love Eric Young. I like Rich Swan. Like that's our biggest show of the year, and I, although they told a great story, at the end of the day, th- does that feel like a, for lack of a better term, WrestleMania main event to you? No, that I think that's, I think that's a problem too because everything gets compared to WrestleMania, uh, and usually they delivered. Um, the six man uh, to open the show was awesome. Okay, or duh, obviously I think that right. And I was ex- I was yeah. like, this is a great start. Everyone looks yeah. good. Rohit looked great. Jordan Grace was outstanding. Willie Mack is a fucking treasure. Yeah. Um, Chris Bay, TJP, I mean, Trey, they're all fucking stars. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It's impossible to have those, those, those guys and girls in a match and, and not give it four stars or whatever Meltzer fucking does. Um, but, and the, the fin- Rohit winning like the way that he won is, and this is where I think like, at least I'm hoping, I thought maybe we'd see like a debut, uh, for next challenger, because I feel like Rohit's done all of these competitors a disservice. So I think it's time for him to move on to somebody fresh and someone new to take the title from him. Like, I don't even know who's out there to do it. It's got to be someone fresh that they bring in to challenge him unless they continue with one of the, unless they continue with uh, one of the people in that five way. I mean, you saw a return in the call your shot gauntlet, uh, Davari, who hasn't been in impact since 2009. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that was a one-off. I don't see him. I don't see him. I don't see him in that X Division picture, though. I know you're a, a big Rumble guy. What did you think of this gauntlet thing? Like, uh, the, I, I, didn't, I didn't hate it. It was weird. 
because it whenever you try to do something that's been done for so long and so well it, it'll always come off as like a, a second rate version of it but i think they had their moments it sucked that heath got hurt um so that, i i had seen a headline that he had given himself a hernia so when i was watching it it like happened instantly it was like a pump kick and he was oh, fucking down knew it immediately you knew as soon as it happened that that he was hurt and it and it fucked all of us. i mean to the grace of the impact writing where they were like if heath or rhino win then heath yes. gets the job so what my understanding is from what i was reading that heath was supposed to win but boy right. when when he got hurt it was it was lights out bro he couldn't do shit and see the only thing that hurts they they did what they could in the situation, but now now that he has a job, if he's out for six weeks, then what the heck? Like it ruins, like it ruins the finish of the match. Because right, Heath, Heath has a job. Where is he? Well, like, it's it's terrible. But oh, of the course, injury, the injury bug has been biting a lot of people lately. And I'm not even talking about people that have to pull off of shows for COVID, but it just seems like this is like the worst streak of luck. For people getting hurt all across wrestling, all across every athletic competition you can imagine. I mean, take a look even from the beginning of the year, like AEW loses Chris Statlander. You know, they they lose Matt Hardy, but then they also like lost Abaddon this past weekend as well. Right. And they loot they lost Phoenix for Wednesday as well, too. You know what I'm saying? Now you look at impact. We got a groin pull. Didn't somebody just get hurt on raw like a week or two ago? Somebody got knocked silly. Thought I had read that. Somebody well, Alex got... Reynolds got hurt, but he's okay. Alex Reynolds. Holy shit. I forgot about him, but he seems but to be okay. Yeah. But, but still it's a scary fucking thing where it seems like, like we can't go a week anymore without at least one or two people fucking getting hurt. Well, well you know it's... what I say, Tony, it's not ballerina. Well, this is true. Maybe too many spoons in the porridge. You look at the NFL. There's a there's a, there's an ACL ACL tear every week. Yeah, at least one. Yeah. The, the The problem is in the NFL though. Like you don't have all eighty members of your team in storylines every week. You know what I'm saying? No, of course not. But you have them in games every week. Then you need them to play to to win. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we saw James James Storm came back during the call your shot gauntlet gimmick. That was kind of surprising when I read that. That was awesome. That, that that's what I didn't see coming. Uh, and, your boy uh, Swaggle was there. That was awesome. And listen, guys, my dear good friend Brian Myers, dear good friend, close personal friend, uh, eliminated I think five people in that match. So he's got that diesel. He got that diesel push in that rumble. Whoa! Whoa. Wow, that's a good point. I mean, out of twenty people, five is pretty good. Yeah, no, that's a great point. It's a great point. Wait. Was he eliminated? Who? Uh, I, I think my TV blacked out. I think I had the Teddy Long treatment okay. when that happened. Yes, Brian Myers was eliminated. He was not down to the final four. Uh, so he didn't make the match. He didn't make the. He didn't win the match. No, he no. did not win the match. No, he did not win the match, Tony. Matt, not. do you know what that means? What's that mean, Tony? He's a fucking loser! Loser, loser, loser! See you, Brian Myers. You're a fucking loser. <laughs> Wow! Wow! That's a lot of a uh, lot of aggression over there, TZ. Hey, listen, I haven't done the gimmick in a while, and I figured what better way to do it than to Kevin's homeboy. Fair I'm enough. Shoot him a text. Gonna shoot him a text right now. And tell him he said that. <laughs> yeah, listen. Please listen to our show. Um, you could tell. <laughs> hey, 
you could tell once Heath got hurt, though, that they had to change. The referees were running around. The camera cuts were crazy trying to, to come up with a new finish where Rhino eventually gored Sammy Callahan. Well, and Well, at him. least at least the referees cared in this match, unlike fucking poor Alex Reynolds, where they just pulled him to the corner and left him there. Well, and and Sammy Callahan's return in uh, entry into the match was a surprise in itself too, because he he was never advertised. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I think they said they advertised ten, ten people, yeah. and then there were ten surprise entrants. Uh, I didn't I didn't like the women being involved. Uh, I get that they get a shot at the title if they win, but eh, whatever. I know. Also, oh, wait, like, did you have a problem with what about? What about Jordan Grace in the X Division match? I didn't have a problem with her there. It's just like I don't know. It was just weird. Not for that shit. It was weird. Tony's girl, Alicia, was there. It was, I don't know, like, Alicia Edwards? Come on. What was that? What are you, a fucking gecko? What are you doing over there, you weirdo? Alicia Edwards. So we go from this call your whatever shot battle royal thing into this. Now, I know that this Moose and EC3 thing was going to be, like, from a, a, a location. I and. Uh, I thought they were just playing a video package to set up the match. Like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. The Depeche, the Depeche so Mode music was fucking atrocious. I fucking did. I had, I hated it. I hated everything about it. I know this is like kind of like the thing. I just didn't understand anything. And I guess like EC3 is like going to mentor moose and have moose tell his own story and be a champion i don't know i just think i would have rather seen these guys have like a fucking no holds barred match like i just was not into it man all the the people around the ring banging on the ring and then they were going moose moose i don't know i just couldn't get into it so matt Matt, what what this did this further two storylines it furthered the storyline between moose and ec3 and their new relationship that they're forging and it also closed the storyline because we finally find out what happened to Raw Underground. It was shipped to TNA. So there we go. So right. Raw Underground lives in Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know if it's because I wasn't watching regularly during the week. Like it literally, they just went, like there was no commentary. There was the weird music. And like every time someone got hit in the dick or the head, it seemed like the music would stop and then start again. <laughs> Yeah, well, you got it. Grab his dick and twist it. Priya. Yeah, it was like, did they insert like a horn noise or like a car beeping <laughs> or like? <laughs> but uh, it, it was it, weird. If you watch Impact every week, it's basically it. It made sense for that because it was this creepy little star. Like Moose would see EC3 everywhere he went, and and this and that. So I, I didn't hate it. Oh, Finn Balor broken jaw, by the way, to add to the injury list. Thank yeah, you for don't for carrying cross and the dude Richard uh, Holland, Ridge, Ridge Holland with the ankle too. Yes. Oh, speaking of injuries, as an aside, have you guys seen that fucking jackaloon jumping off the mud show ring, fucking snapping both of his knees? Yes. Oh, it's awful. It's fucking awful. Um. All right, so from here, I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch, right? And now next is Eddie Edwards and Ken Shamrock. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Oh, man. Wait, 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 wait. Wasn't Ken Shamrock also inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame this weekend? Yes, The Rock had some kind words to say. How the fuck does that happen? How does that happen? How does Vince McMahon not lose his fucking mind over something like that? WWE doesn't hate Impact. They work with Impact. Wait, work with them? Yeah. For footage? 
like if they're when they put their, together their AJ Styles documentaries or their Samoa Joe's documentaries, did they, they work did, with Impact to get that? that? Yeah, didn't yeah. they didn't they send Christian to? Oh, that was that was Dixie Carter that administration. Was, that was to get Ric Flair for the Hall of Fame for the Horsemen or some nonsense. Yeah. So then they gave Christian for a pay per view shot or something. Yeah, oh. but they listen. They don't hate Impact. They don't care about Impact. So I have no. I don't think this McMahon care at first. And even if he did care, what's he going to do about it? And look, Rock has put, him by the balls. The put Rock. Shamrock in his Hall of Fame. Well, he should be. Yeah, he should be. Hundred percent. Here's what happened. The, the Rock's not going to say now. No, to, when the owl. Now. Now. When the, when the owl flies into his yard with a big bag of money and just drops it. I'm the Ethamal. Here is your money. And then he flies away. Ooh. You think that's what happened? Huh, what else do you use the owl for, Kevin? I don't know. He doesn't tell him. He's not fucking walking around fucking backstage telling you how many licks it takes to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop. <laughs> He's fucking dropping off bags of money to ex-WWE guys. I don't know. <laughs> I'll think about it. Yeah, so f- the, wor- the, he, I think he was termed the world's most dangerous Hall of Famer. Uh, oh, yeah. Josh, Josh Matthews and Don Callis on commentary suck. They fucking suck. This was, and you know what else? Because I haven't been watching Impact, they need a fucking crowd. They need something. They need the piping noise. The, the silence is is. It's not good. It's not good. It doesn't help. I think that's kind of what threw me off. Even though it's so, that's that's why it kind of felt like I was watching an episode of Impact or Unaccessed, uh, which is which is tolerable no crowd. I think it's fine no crowd. And but I didn't this even... felt. Oh, I'm sorry, Kevin. I cut you off. I no, forgot to cool. even mention the fucking production gaff when they went backstage. They were all doing the Halloween thing, right? And they're like, someone's like, everyone who's in the call your shot, get out there. And then they cut, like, the camera, like, pans down and comes back up, and it's Keith and Rhino, and he starts his promo, and then he stops. They're like, no, we're not ready yet. We're not ready yet. And he just stops. And then they start it again. I saw that. I thought that seemed planned. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I was fucking dumbfounded by it. I'm like, what is going on here? Especially because it was the replay. So, like, I watched it yesterday at, like, 10 o'clock. Like, you could have fucking taken that out of the replay. No? That's why I think it was that, That's why I think it was supposed to be there. Yeah, but for what? Comedic purposes? It's Heath and Rhino? Yeah, but they weren't, like, laughing about it. They were, like, fucking stone-faced serious as fuck, like, getting ready to go in the zone. Keith's like... Uh, I'm gonna pull this hernia, so get ready to go, brother. <laughs> why do you keep calling him Keith? I don't know. Oh, baby, I might be having a stroke. Uh, Matt Bowman, Matt Bowman, highest bidder. Man, that man, that Matt Bowman. Oh, baby. Fucking Ken Shamrock and Eddie Edwards was. I I can't. I can't with it. Look, Ken Shamrock is a, is a national treasure. I love Ken Shamrock. He was fucking awesome in the Attitude Era. Um, I just, I don't know. This match was also not good. Yeah. I did not enjoy this match. I felt like, like coming out of this Moose EC3 thing, I don't know, man. I felt like this this pay-per-view is now stuck in, like, second gear. And I don't know if it has anything to do with Smiley Kylie because Tony's girl's a fucking psychopath and she can't get her head straight. I don't know what that story is. I, I don't know. They just I, this match was like I was like, oh my god, what is going on here? Kevin, thoughts about Eddie Edwards, Ken Shamrock? You with me? You I, against me? You're indifferent? 
I'm with you. I'm with you. Leaning on, really with you. And then Eddie, <laughs> and then Sammy Sammy Callahan's Sammy. involved, and Eddie Edwards loses. So we all took the fucking L there too. Sammy. <laughs> I want to see a Davy Richards return. Uh, you think the rap was singing "You're Welcome" when they fucking dropped the money off in his yard? Fuck yeah, he was dancing around like Moana. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, wait a minute. Welcome (laughs) for the islands I pulled from the sea. There's no need to pray, it's okay. You're welcome. A big fucking owl flying around. You're welcome. Have, have Have you guys seen Moana? Oh my God! Yeah, I have parts of it. Isn't there like a isn't there like a stupid chicken in that movie too? No, I don't know. I've never seen it, but I've heard it's oh, really you didn't good. See it? No, no, I've heard it's good. I've heard like even like adults oh, like it. Oh Jesus! Man. God, baby Jesus, help us. Whatever. It's. I mean, it, it, Impact wasn't great. Pound Glory wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. No. Okay. So we're on to the now. So. Boom, we're like, all that's left is the title match now. Tag titles, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know how I felt about the the taking Alex Shelley out of the equation thing, though. Yeah, because now they're trying to work that as, like, he really got hurt. Which I put out on Twitter immediately. I'm like, first of all, if you were really trying to sell that he got hurt, you wouldn't stand him up (laughs) and fucking walk him out when he got slammed on his head and neck. You freaking morons. And then so and someone uh, clapped back on Twitter, and I just shut him down. And I haven't heard back from him since. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was interesting. It looked good. It was like no, when no. it was like when Penta took out Chris Daniels on AEW, and I thought he was really hurt. It but, looked like he could have gotten hurt. Sure, like, I watched I watched it a bunch of times, <gasps> and it looked like he slapped his head right on that freaking. It's very way. possible. It could have been a, a it could have been a worked injury that turned into a shoot, but it was like. Everyone was there too quickly. I got to sneeze. Excuse me. Uh, you know, extra referees, security, like everyone's going bonkers. And then to Kevin's point, uh, they they stand them up. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like, and someone like someone tried to like mention like the comparison between like Alex Reynolds and Matt Hardy, like about how well, yeah, I'm sure that the the crack team at AEW this and that. I'm like, listen, I'm sure people there were scrambling. This is part of the story. You don't stand up a guy if you're trying to sell that he's really, really hurt. It's never been done in the history of wrestling. Unless unless the guy's playing like the hero. Like, say, like, it's like Roman Reigns that he wants to, he's getting carted off, but then gets up and walks off on his own. Neither one of those happened here. It no. wasn't, I'm playing the hero, and it wasn't, like, a real injury. It was, I'm selling an injury, and yet... Get him up. <laughs> Let's walk him off. Freaking neck, back, and head injury. Get him up. He'll be fine. And if you listen, and if you listen to the promo that the North cuts in the middle of the pay per view, Ethan Page is like, "We're going to hurt you. We're going to take our titles back. Ninety four days without our titles. Like, I think it's an angle. I know Shelley put it out on Twitter. Like his neck is hurt. He can't wrestle this weekend. But I think they just were like, "We'll pay you for those bookings. Just pretend like you're really hurt, so we can." Part of me wonders why they even put the belts on Saban and Shelly in the first place. Operating, baby. I mean, they were coming back. They came back at Slammiversary. That was huge news. Them against the North is not a bad match, and having them as the tag yep. champs isn't a terrible thing. But the money had been 
I mean, at the time it was Good Brothers and uh, Austin and Fulton. But like the, the money had always been, I guess, in the North and the Good Brothers. So I don't, this little gap stop with Saban and Shelly, I guess because their names, maybe. But I always thought that, well, not, I mean, now that we have the chance to, Good Brothers versus the North is the, is the payoff, which we will get now. But it would always made me wonder why we had that little stopgap with the, the machine guns. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good point. If the North were going to win this match. I mean, maybe you give Austin and Fulton the rub, having them work a bunch with the Good Brothers. Yeah. Uh, the four-way was fun. It was good times. Um, the North steal a win, um, and they become the, the two-time Impact Tag Team Champions. I didn't think this match was bad. Um, it it kind of breathed some life into the, the pay-per-view. Um, now, the next the next situation, this whole thing with Kylie Ray is fucking weird. Okay, because she was she was in Nashville on Friday. She was at her hotel room, and then no one could get in contact with her Saturday. So we get this weird like they run the fucking promo package like she's there, like really weird. And then Deanna Parazu comes out and cuts a promo. Kimberly's dressed like fucking Frankenstein. I don't know what's going on with Homegirl, but she's got a ixnay on the fucking eye makeup, homie. Um, and uh. And then the Kylie Ray's music plays, and she doesn't come out. So she cuts a promo, and uh, Sue Young comes out, and uh, the, as the undead bride. Now, I don't know. I don't know if the, is this a work? Is it a shoot? Uh, some people say it's like a mental health thing. Like when she gets these giant opportunities, she just ghosts, which is why she left AEW. Um, you know, I know people think the Nyla stuff, but a lot of people have said that's not true. It's just a maybe a mental health thing where she's not in the right state of mind and the pressure of being in the spotlight gets to her. I really don't know. She's She was there, but no one could get in contact with her. Is it part of the story? Because I know she had Susie with her and then Deanna Peraza broke Susie's arm. Did Sue Young, the undead bride, kidnap Kylie Ray so she could get the title shot? They didn't really like even mention it. Like the relationship with Susie, they were just like Kylie Ray's not here, and that was it. So I thought that was really well, weird. It all it all developed in Russell House, their relationship, Susie and Kylie Ray, and then it continued once Russell House ended, and they were always teasing the return of Sue Young because she would she would show she would show she would show signs of coming back. Now. The theory of possibly her kidnapping Kylie Ray is one that I never thought of until you just mentioned it right now. Did they mention that on the show? They didn't. There's also a story going around that she was hurt uh, and she had been hurt for a couple weeks. So this was just like, we're not going to explain it and then we'll we'll fill it in on the back end. I really like your idea that she kidnapped Kylie to get the shot. And I mean, this was eventually going to be like I had, we I think I had Diana to to win this match. I don't know. I don't remember what you guys picked. I think we all had Diana across the board. Maybe not. I think I had Kylie. I don't know. So so that like, I think the end game was always going to be Sue Young and and Virtuosa. So the fact that this might play into it a little bit with the fact that maybe she kidnapped Kylie is is fine. I think maybe maybe just got there a little quicker than we we expected it to. Yeah, and that's my kidnap story is pure speculation. There's a hundred things out there. She was hurt. She can't perform in the in the spotlight. Wait, what do you mean she can't? 
before him in the spotlight. Does she need blue chew? You know what? That's a great question. I don't know if it works for women. Does she need manscaped? You know what? I mean, I know it says manscaped, but it essentially is a trimmer. I mean, if it's made for a man's genitalia, I'm sure it works on a lady's private parts. So maybe. Does she Does she need white claw? What does she need to help her perform under the spotlight? I don't know. It might be. A, I, I really don't know. Uh, the last report that I heard from Mr. Dave Meltzer. Oh, your boy. That's my source for news. The Wrestling Observer. Um that uh, no one, let me see, the story went around that she was injured, but we were later told that was not the case. We have confirmed that no announcement was made because the company did not know the situation at the time. There's no communication. It is possible Ooh. she was injured, but it's unknown what the situation is. Right now, all that is known is she was in Nashville ready to work Friday and did not come to the building on Saturday. All right. Well, then there's definitely cause for concern if Meltzer's report is accurate. Because, but she's, uh, I mean... It, She's it's sa- not- she's safe and alive. There's just no people. There's no no one's blown the lid off of why she didn't show up Saturday. All right. Now, this might be the most ignorant question that I've ever asked, especially because I'm a religious impact watcher. This show, I'm going to sound like a complete moron for asking this question, but in COVID, you never know, really. The show, the show is live, right? Yes, and you're not. I don't, and I don't think you're a moron because I had Ant Money and Kate the Great over last night to watch this, and the whole time we were like, why didn't they just take? Because some of the like the stuff with Heath, like him getting hurt, like the, the, no one knows if if you don't go live, you don't go live. Like just fucking tape it and edit out all the bad shit. Unless they don't have, I don't know. That's see, that's ridiculous because they edit. The crap out of there. They, right. they film like 30 you, hours of, of content every week. Yeah, even though you have like a three hour block on fight, just get everyone there Saturday morning, tape the fucking thing and fix it. So I yeah, don't so, know. So I, so I can't imagine going back to the Kylie thing. If the, like, how big how big of a spotlight is this show than an, than an impact taping? But then it's live, so that does add a little bit of the element to it. But she's done it before. She's worked AEW live. Sure. Look, everyone's. I, I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. There's so much speculation out there until we can. Uh, until the, until the truth comes out, you know, maybe it happens tomorrow night on Impact. We get a, an update on Kylie. Uh, who knows? But uh, Sue Young beats Deanna Parazu in what a match that went a couple minutes longer than I thought it should have. Um, in my opinion, Tony, I'm sorry we're boring you over there. You're falling asleep. Uh, you okay over there, big guy? I didn't think we'd be doing 45 minutes on a fucking pay per view that we all shit the bed on. But no, continue. Well, it was a full show. We watched it. Don't worry, we'll get to your well... stuff. Uh, and then the no, main wait, wait, event. You can't, you can't go, oh, Tony, you're falling asleep. And then when I give you a snide comment back, get pissy at me. I'm I mean, not pissy. No one's pissy. If that's well, what you're fucking casting the line for, no, and then you reel no, in the big fish, no, well, you don't yell at the fish and call it stupid because you caught it. Well, well isn't, the snide co- isn't the snide comment in itself getting pissy? No, not at all. Fucking, we got a lot to talk about. We're talking about fucking, I don't know, a show that nobody really liked, I guess. My Canadian flag just fell. Uh-oh. That's it. The North is going to be pissed at you. Uh, main event, Eric Young, Rich Swan. We have a brand new Impact champion. I don't know how I feel about this. I like the match. Rich Swan needs like a mouth guard or something because he was spitting and fucking drooling all over the place. It was fucking disgusting. I also think this is the first time a husband and wife are the uh, holders of major championships in the same company. Nope. Becky Lynch, Johnny Seth Rollins. Rollins. Valkyrie. Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins. Were they both? Right. They weren't married at the time, though. 
Were they? Maybe they're not. Are they even? Are they even married? I don't know. Ty Valkyrie and Johnny Mundo are. Yeah, Johnny Mundo wasn't the world champion though when she was. Was she? No. Was he the? Mm-hmm. He wasn't the world champ when he came what? back, was he? Can we ask anyone in the hot mic chat room to check on this for us? Or in the Discord? If you're in the Discord. If you're in the Discord, uh, I thought it was a good match. Told a great story. Again, I just don't. I don't know, man. Rich Swan does not seem like Impact. Ah, Triple H and Stephanie. Were they married though? Who the fuck knows? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just gonna say a bunch of wrestling couples who have been champions, and you know, Macho Man and Elizabeth. Elizabeth was never a wrestling champion. Rick Martel and Sherry Martel. I don't think there's any relation there. Nope. All right. So anyway, Kevin, Tony, you can even chime in on this. Do you see Rich Swan as world championship material? As someone who used to be championship material? No, 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 no. No, I, I, I don't think they should have taken it off of Eric Young at this point. I think Eric Young's got a great character. He's establishing it, and as a fucking badass. And yeah, but the story, the story has been so well told and so drawn out that the, and this is bound for glory. It's the babyface ending that, like WrestleMania, you always want to have for the most part. So I totally get it, and I totally saw it coming a mile away just by the story that has been so drawn out, so uh, told week on a week-to-week basis. And, and and Eric Young, who did Eric Young beat? Eddie Edwards, right? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you couldn't ask for a better guy despite how he was used in WWE. His, he was a main eventer in Impact before he left. So I guess it makes sense to try to elevate Rich Swan, but at the end of the day, is there anybody in Impact that you legit, other than maybe Eric Young, other than maybe Eddie Edwards, maybe Moose, EC3, if he sticks around as a world champion? Like, it's they're, they're trying to elevate people. I understand, but Rich Swan is just, I don't know, man. Like, we saw, we saw them do, like, the Ultimate X thing when it was, like, Austin Aries and Chris Sabin. Uh, as the as the champion, I don't know, man. Like, who's so what now? Like, who are we gonna get? Eric Young chasing Rich Swan? Are we gonna get Ace Austin breaking off from Madman Fulton? Like, who's who's next now? Uh, no, how about Madman? The Madman Fulton should be the one in the title picture. Like, and I if I could, and this is just totally spitballing, I would flip Rohit and. Rich, Rich Swan, Swan have Rich Swan compete for the X Division title and Rohit compete for the the world title. Rohit has the character, has the size, has um, you know the in ring ability to be a, a world champion. And and this is going to be interesting interesting now because now you have oh my god the comparison is so ridiculous. Rhino, even though we'll get to Hell in a Cell, but the comparison between like Rhino and like 2020 and and Otis as like your Money in the Bank type winners to you guys that you you'd never expect in that like now what does what does rhino do what who's, yeah. is he gonna well, I, I don't know that's a great question he can i'm gonna call the shot with heath when he, he's gonna wait till heath gets healthy yeah i guess i don't know they gotta pivot does he try that. for one more kick at the can at the world title i don't know there's just like i don't know man it's real it, it'll be interesting to see the direction they go now. If in a, is, is james storm staying is that a permanent thing does brian myers go after rich swan Brian Myers, does, dude, did you notice that Brian Myers is like the, the tallest guy in that match by like a foot and a half? He looked, look, he looked great. He's a, I, I, hey, listen, he's got the, he's got the diesel push. He's got the cane push. Five people. 
I think it might have even been six. Whoa, that changes everything. That's right. But yeah, and they're they're bringing back back the knockouts tag team championships, which is which is good because they have a lot of talent in that division and a lot of tag teams that that could be put together. Is there really a lot of women in Impact? Fuck yeah, yeah, there are. Yeah, there are a lot of them, dude. Name seventeen: Tasha Steeles, Kira Hogan, Kira Hogan, Taya, Rosemary. No, wait, yeah. Uh, Tennille, Alicia, um, Jessica Havoc, ha- Nevia. Havoc, Nevia. All right, he's beating me. Sue Young. Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray. Sorry. Virtuosa, Kimberly. Kimberly, Virtuosa. Yeah, there's like, we're just rattling them oh. off. Madison Rain. She's, you know, who knows? She's getting back in the ring. Right. 13. We need we need women's tag titles for 13 women. No, I'm sure there's dude, more. All, dude, all you need is two is four for a program. He's got a point in your face, and it you're creating more opportunity for women. Maybe they have somebody uh, from Canada they want to bring down. Maybe Ooh, some... they should bring that. They should bring that oh. big woman from Alaska, Freya, Freya the Slayer, whatever her name was. She's awesome, by the way. Freya Freya the Slayer. Freya the Slayer. Has she got any better since her fucking shot in the NWA? I didn't even know she was in the NWA. She wrestled Danny Jordan. Matt, what was that program called where they brought in the young people? To- oh fuck! It was uh, NWA. Shit. But she did, she did some stuff for Wrestle Pro. She's a really cool chick. It wasn't Carney Land. It was uh. Fuck. And like the truly hard seltzers. So she's aces with me. Fuck. Uh, fuck. something shook the circle squared. That was it. Uh, yeah. yeah, she she wrestled Danny Jordan, the fucking uh the uh the mean girls chick. So that was uh that was impact in a nutshell right there. A right nutshell? There. That was a whole fucking bag of peanuts. What the fuck are you talking about? Two wins, baby. Two wins for KJG. I threw up a good old goose egg. Oh, you fucking oh. threw up all right. That's the that's the lead of the story that we buried. Matt. All right, so now over. we over over seven. Now we jump over last night. WWE Hell in a Cell. They kept it. They kept it tight. Six matches. Um, we didn't kick. Pick the Gulak and Ruth. Our uh, truth, Ruth. Ruth. <laughs> Baby Ruth. Ruth. Baby Ruth. Uh, we and didn't pick. We didn't pick that yeah, match. Keith Slater and Ruth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Keith fucking Slater. That's gonna be my wrestling name when I come out of retirement. Uh, People over there, what's up? <laughs> if you feel me, stand up and say what's up. Hey, Ruth. Hey, Ruth. Hey, Ruth. Hey, Ruth. Well, Ruth, Ruth, Ruth beat Drew Gulak in the pre-show. Uh, the they're actually ma- repa- they're repackaging our truth as a Bulgarian, calling him Rufev. <laughs> the only match I didn't see was Elias at Jeff Hardy. Uh, but I saw the rest of the show. I went back and watched uh, the uh, the Oose, the Oos match today this afternoon. I caught I caught the ending of Hardy and Elias. I mean, Elias won. That's all. Oh I yeah, the, the, the disqualification, right? That's yeah, because you know, whenever you hit somebody outside the ring with a weapon, that's a disqualification. Disqualification. It's all up to the referee's discretion. Oh yeah, discretion. we found that out watching fucking Halloween Havoc. Remember? <laughs> what are you flipping me off? I'm flipping off. I don't know. Very ornery. All right. So, Tony, you had uh, saw this universal match that opened the show. Roman Reigns against Jay. 
for the what are the true the tribal council someone's getting voted off survivor what's going on here yeah Just, aka the universal championship no the tribal chief the tribal chief who is the tribal chief the big dog baby roman reigns the is the tribal is- chief the universal tribal dog is Roman Reigns. And if you didn't notice, if you didn't know that before, you would know it after the match when So I'm doing my TikToks now. All right. All right, Tony. Well, you don't have a TikTok, do you? Yes, I do. Oh, he doesn't have a TikTok. God. He has a no, TikTok. No. It's it's Shave Balls Tony on TikTok. Get the fuck out of here. Him, of course, get the fuck out of here. Shave right, Balls Tony. See, I thought the the tribal chief would be fucking uh, those inflated wild Samoans that were there at the end of the match. You mean deflated? Jesus you know Christ! Those, you know what those were? Those were Bailey's old wacky inflatable tomb bed that they they dug out of storage and had to pump them it's up. Like the fucking crypt keepers they brought at the fucking Halloween store that was going out of business. <laughs> All right, let me ask you this: Who didn't want to be there less, or who wanted to be there less? Uh, Greg Valentine or the wild Samoans? I, I just think I think Greg Valentine wanted to be there. I think the Alpha Alpha and Seeker just didn't know what the hell they were doing there. <laughs> like, like Greg Valentine still has a clue. It didn't look like they had a clue. Yeah, and I think yeah, they I were lo- just I think they were just bringing Valentine some fucking like vodka tonics, and he was just fucking crushing them, just sitting in the suite, the seats. God bless him. Alpha and Sinka, they didn't. Yeah, to Kevin's point. Alpha and Sinka. Alpha and Sinka. Yes. <laughs> Folgers and Sanka, the wild Samoans. <laughs> Inka Dinka Sinka. <laughs> oh, like he was one of Columbus's ships that needed me to the, the Sinka. <laughs> He's one of the greatest tribal chiefs ever, Sinka. <laughs> Holy his, shit. His nephew, make it make a difference. F- fat you. Thank you. Um, okay, so this story has been going well, right? Here's the Look, thing. Yeah. In, a nutshell, in a nutshell, it's a great story. The match could have used a little more action for my liking. You can't, you can't do 90% story. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a hell in a cell, right? Yeah, and that, look, look, and, and that and that was my big problem too. Like, it seemed like they weren't really using the structure. It was kind of like I just do an I quit cell. match. I hate that you know? cell, the big goofy red cell. I hate it. And it's not only that, but like for the for the most part down the stretch, he was using the steps anyway. He wasn't even fucking using the cell. So what was the point? It's it's the problem with the gimmick dictating the pay per view and not the storyline dictating the gimmick. That's the problem. Ultimately, at least in this situation. Now, you can argue later on that Bailey and Sasha Banks should have been in the cage. You can also make a very strong argument that Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton should have been in the cage as well. But when it came to this one, I don't think you needed it at all. What was the point? You were, you, to me, you were talking like they weren't in the cage. I'm like, what show are you watching? No, 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 no. I think you have a point because it wasn't like a like it was a no. It was essentially a no DQ match. In the cage, it was an I quit match, is what it was. Yeah. You didn't need a cage for that, you know. That's an I quit match is a no DQ match to begin with, right? So, I don't know. Yeah, and when you're when you're to Tony's point, like the last like couple six seven minutes, fucking was it forever, was a drag, man. When he was like, just say you quit, just say you quit, and he fucking does the drive by, then he has the drive by with the stairs, then he can't throw the stairs in the ring, and then all the fucking producers are out there, 
And you go smash him, and then Jimmy comes down. He's like, it's Josh. It's Josh. And then it's like, when you actually have to I love that. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. I feel like from what we grew up on, like, sometimes less dialogue and just the facial expressions and the actions tell a better story. I agree with you, but the thing that, that might be lost is that they're legit family. So, like, when you have, like, when you have beef with, like, your family, you talk to them. You try to. No, I get it. And look, the way the story was told was excellent. For, for story purposes, there was nothing better than the way this played out with him getting the fucking uh, the uh, the submission on his on, you know, on Jimmy. And then Jay quits yeah. to save his brother. Beautiful, because Jay's and- all about family, you know. However, it could have moved it along a little bit to get there. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying well, like, a little too long on that end. Five matches. Two hours to fill, which is a whole other grape I have altogether. Um, but that, oh, what the fuck was I gonna say? I got sidetracked with the whole two hours for a pay per view thing. Yeah, it was two it hours because we got we got fucking T Donk taking on fucking Bobby Lashley. Have, have, have you guys noticed Roman Reigns' teeth? <laughs> yeah, I, he got him. He got him redone. They're I all know, pearly, aren't I they? noticed he's really good at crying on command. That was fucking great, dude. What a fuck what a range that guy has. He That's should be in the impressive. next fucking He should be in the next fucking drive-by movie with The Rock. Bro, for a couple things cuz I haven't been watching the WWE uh, and then hopefully uh-huh. Kevin's thought comes back to him. Um No, I think it was the teeth thing. The Thunderdome is they do an excellent job with it. You know, you go from watching Bound for Glory where there's no fans and then you go over to Thunderdome, it looks great. On um, the cheek. And you know, piping the sounds whatever. Like when Roman Reigns comes out and there's that dumb like statue like cgi thing on the screen and people are fucking booing i'm like this is pretty cool and to wwe's credit like i put it out on twitter last night i don't need to waste five hours a week watching your programming because your recaps to all your feuds at the beginning of these matches save me fucking ample amounts of time god such a great point that's such a great point because they really i know they do such an amazing job of it um they're literally driving people away from watching their shows with that because you can just watch the recaps. Well, look, Tony brought up fucking retribution. I mean, how, how, why can't the WWE ever do a fucking invasion angle proper? I thought about that. How they don't thought about it. Thought about it. And the fucking, these guys fucking suck. Fucking T bar. Fucking slapjack, slapjack, fuck out of here. Yeah, it was Slapnuts took on fucking Bobby Lashley. Fucking and then they, they all tried to get in and they got chased off. Yeah. That's like, Shane Thorne, right? The guy that faced Bobby yeah. Lashley is Shane Thorne? Yeah, he fucking sucks. No, he, do- he doesn't. Well, he doesn't, and obviously T-Bar doesn't. Well, they put him in shitty situations. Shane Thorne spent half the yeah. match fixing his fucking match, uh, his, uh, his mask. Yeah. I, mean, I just, the whole angle's this, fucking shit. It's shit. This I, has to have... The only thing I can think to like justify why they did this angle was to make the hurt business better. Not better. That was a terrible word to use. But put them over more and make them more deadly. Here's this vicious group coming in to take over. Uh uh-uh, not on the hurt business's watch. So then they destroy them and you never see them again or something like that. Granted, it started off like something way more major than it is now. I just think that WWE doesn't know how to do invasion angles. They just don't like going back from going back from the original invasion angle. I just don't know how to do it. That 
NWO coming in, Nexus. Uh, you know, the, the only thing they do is when one brand tries. The only thing they do well is when one brand one brand tries to invade another brand. Those well, are the only in, things that are done well. In fairness, uh, the NWO just kind of like got away from them. I mean, you're talking about Hulk Hogan being turned babyface. Uh, you know, by by a raucous crowd. You're talking about Steve Austin, who was in a terrible place, who thought he was above wrestling Scott Hall at WrestleMania, you know, dropping him down the card. You know, so there was a lot of other shit going. I don't even think Kevin Kevin Nash wrestled at that WrestleMania, right? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. So so like you're you're in a weird situation when you try bringing back the NWO, where you know, arguably the bigger star of the two guys that weren't Hulk Hogan wasn't even on the show. You got Austin pissed off at all hell, working like three from the top. And then you've got the fucking crowd just completely going apeshit banana over fucking Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but even in its even in its in its origins, having Vince McMahon bring in the NWO is kind of like the same thing as signing retribution to a contract. Right. You have retribution come in, they're destroying the WWE, then you sign them to a contract, then you stick Ali with them. Um I, I don't hate that. No, but then you have you have Ali be the leader, and then two weeks later they're losing to the hurt business. Like, come on. Yeah. How so how? I, also, I also didn't mind Vince bringing in the NWO because at that point in storyline, it was either Ric Flair or his kids. Weren't they stealing the company from him? No, Ric Flair bought like he was like the consortium that absorbed. Yeah. Like, uh, so Vince had a reason to destroy what he created. I mean, it made sense from a story standpoint, just that the execution wound up just going to shit. And I don't think it was necessarily the fault of uh, of anybody involved in that story. Just kind of the way it played out. Everything was just. All right. Bizarro land. All right, that's fine. Maybe that one got away from him, but it still has to be included in the pattern of of things. No, I get it. I mean, they, they fucking they fumbled and bumbled a lot of invasion shit. Of course, I'm not arguing against that. I just think the NWO is probably on that lower end of the spectrum. But I digress. Yeah. What else happened on this pay per view? Uh, the uh, women's match in the cage was fucking great. Thumbs up. Bailey and Sasha all day or day. It's like the fucking Randy Orton and John Cena of the modern era. I will Sinka. What? I will say in Sinka. Oh, Sinka. Sinka. Sinka Zinka Zinka. That should be the name of Roman Reigns' new tribes, the Sinkas. Uh Bailey, not a great artist. I thought that was a dick drawn on her chair. Well, that one and oh, it looked like a ding dong. I'm just saying. A very what? I tell you what, Bailey and her current fucking Karen incarnation where she's like pissed off and needs to see the manager, fucking hot as hell, dude. Aces. She could have. She could have used a man to to work that duct tape, though. She's had a little trouble there. (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck was that? Really? (laughs) What was she? What was she going for? I don't know. That was like some backyard shit. And I don't even think they even used the 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 kendo six that were that were duct taped together, did they? No, no. That that was the point. And then you know what was cool though? Every time like Bailey was trying to go for a weapon, Sasha fucking got rid of it. Like she got the fucking kendo stick and she whoop, right through the cage. She fucking got in the ring with the chair, whoop, throw the cage, throw it out under the cage. That was good shit, man. That was some good ass storytelling. I love that shit. I love that shit. I love that shit. The finish with the bank statement with the chair. She's fucking stomping on the chair. Fucking awesome. Awesome shit. Yeah, a lot of meteoras. It was it was a really really good match and a well told story. Uh, I belly to it. belly on the ladder with the fucking chair and everything. Holy shit, man. They can fucking go. Never let it be said that those two don't fucking deserve the spotlight all the time. Unbelievable. Yeah, pro- props to them. And Sasha walked out the new champion. Yes. 
Miz and o- Miz, Miz and Otis. Tucker is the son of a bitch, apparently. Oh yeah, bad guy. Uh, you turned- know what? The the match was good for what it was, but that fucking finish was fire, dude. And let me tell you, it's fucking Zack Ryder all over again. The guy loses his fucking shot. He loses his girl. He loses his friend. He's just getting kicked in the balls constantly. What's left for him? Where does he go from here? But you know what? Who gives a fuck? This was a brilliant way to take that feel-good moment away from him and just fucking move on. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Yep. Yeah, no. I Look, I liked it. I really thought that Miz having the Money in the Bank briefcase was going to affect the main event. Oh, you you really? You thought that was going to pull? I was like, you know what? This is great. If the Miz walked out of Hell in the Cell as the champion, I wouldn't have been upset. And I think uh, Randy Orton walking out champion is not a bad thing either. I didn't even think about that. No, not bad at all. See, my problem was I really thought that Randy would have pulled that off last time at the last pay-per-view. And then when he didn't, I was kind of like, well... Maybe they're just going to stick with Drew McIntyre. Maybe they're going to continue this, and he's just going to get up on Randy Orton. So this way, for the next challenger, he looks like a star. Thank you, Nelly. Um, what do you think of the match? I want your opinions first. But do you think, real quick, do you think that they took this off of him so they can – because this run had, hasn't been the greatest uh, to, through no fault of Drew McIntyre's own. I think Randy Orton has been that good, and he just wasn't given a whole lot of stuff to do that – because uh, of the COVID era and all that and stuff, he wasn't programmed with the with the best. Like you have to get a match with like Dolph Ziggler at a pay per view, I think. I, I I think I think when it comes to Drew, it's kind of fifty fifty. I did like the character when he was coming up, when he was getting angry and and pissed off to get that shot. But he's like every virtuous babyface. Like once you get to that point, it's like where do you go from there? Well, you know my thing saying? my thing is that I think that he gets the belt back at Mania this time, maybe in front of some people. It's possible. I I heard that going around too, and and maybe this oh, will, all right. maybe this will give him a chance to reset, get that fire going again, and give him the WrestleMania that he should have gotten last year. Yeah. I I'm 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 on board with that. I have and look, I have no problems with Randy Orton winning in this situation. Randy Orton's been on fucking fire again. Yeah. I've said it. I drafted him first overall. If you're starting a fucking wrestling federation. Randy Orton is not the fucking guy you want to skip out on if you've got that first pick because he's a fucking star and he continues to be a star. Unbelievable. The match itself could have did without the whole climbing to the top and then climbing down the other side and then fucking uh, Claymore going through a table. That was a big fucking like, eh, that was a fucking time waster and a half. I don't I think that spot. Was yeah, do you think it was it was just filler because they had to get to ten o'clock or, or I mean the match was it was it was good, but there were points where just like the Roman J, like it was like, all right, come on, let's go, yeah. let's fucking you wrap know, this and, up. People. And it took them it took them forever to get up there. They fought a little bit. It took them forever to get back down. Then they were kind of getting in place, and it was like, uh, I don't know. A little too long for my liking, but great performances by both men aside from that spot. And the fucking the RKO to finish it, fucking poetry, dude. Poetry. It's awesome. It was beautiful. Awesome. Um, so Survivor Series is up next. It looks like we're maybe getting something with the Fiend and the Miz, uh, from what I can see on Twitter uh, right now. But they're going thirty years of the Undertaker, and it, I, I, I don't know what. I can't watch a fucking. It can't be an Undertaker theme pay per view, can it? Are they? Are they that? I really hope not. I really hope not. 
Uh, we already have. We're having three qualifying matches tonight to see who's on Team Raw for Survivor Series. It's Tony. Oh boy! It's Tony's favorite time it? of the year. Can I say it, folks? Survivor Series 2020. It's time for dun, 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 brand supremacy. Fuck yeah! So I'm jacked up, dude. I'm fucking jazzed up, psyched up. I'm fucking ready for it, brother. Can we do picks now? I pick everybody's going to be a fucking winner at this show. So you're uh, you're getting AJ against Jeff Hardy tonight, Sheamus versus Matt Riddle, and Keith Lee against Elias. All the winners will be a part of the Raw team for Survivor Series. Now, there's no word yet as to if it'll be Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT like they did last year, but oh, I would I imagine so. I hope not. I hope so. That was good stuff last year. No, some of it was good stuff, but it's it's tough when you have three different groups in constant fucking three-way matches all night long. It's really tough. Yeah. It's tough because it's the same strategy over and over. There's no variety. It's like having eight singles matches for no championships. It's like, eh. Yeah. Survivor Series has become an afterthought for me. I mean, I, like, yeah. I, enjoy, I, enjoy, I enjoy the cool, like, you know, invasion, warfare, gang stuff, but the actual the actual card like i watched 87 and 88 back to back this weekend ah oh, so good yeah just put it, just putting people together as like a team as opposed to just making it about something more than it needs to be yeah and on one side there's like four baby faces that have all had problems with one particular here the yeah. heel, my motherfucker quits and he leaves it's like fucking great storytelling actually the the earlier ones like 88 was so bizarre like you had like one team was jake the snake hacksaw um, uh, uh, Tito Santana, which is fine. And then, like, yeah, like Scott Casey. Like, who, who does Scott Casey have beef with? Well, but, but like, that was that was no the one. problem with those earlier shows because they were putting everybody on them. They were teams of five, five, so yeah. So I'm forgetting the fifth had at least one. Ten guys, tag matches. You had twenty guys. You know, the fifth person may have been Beefcake because I think Ron Bass was on the other team. I might be confusing the matches. No, but like, not like. Like the Ultimate Warriors team was like Ultimate Warrior. Oh, it was Ultimate Warrior Beefcake, Sam Houston, uh, the Blue Blazer, the Blue Blazer, and Jumping Jim Brunzel post Killer B. So he's wearing his like tie dye trunks. Yeah, don't sleep on the tie dye Jim Brunzel. That was some good shit. God, he was such a loser. Of course he was. <laughs> like he was like, it was like pre teaming with like. Jim Powers on Saturday night or or, Saturday, or superstars. Yeah, it, the teams were so random. It wasn't until like '89 where it started making sense, and then you get to like '90, '95, '96 again, and '97, and then it just stopped making sense again before it picked back up. Anyway, I digress. That was Hell in the Cell. Yeah, that was Hell in the Cell. Another, look, WWE. Maybe you're not into their weekly programming, but the pay per views they're always pretty good. You know, you might yeah. get a stinker here or there, but for the most part, the pay-per-views are enjoyable. I'm not going to sit just, here and act like uh, they're not good. Yeah, and just like we said earlier about I would switch Rohit as X Division and Rich Swan as world champion, I would, like, if Raw could be two hours and pay-per-views can be three hours again, like, that'd be fantastic. I thought that... Like, why am I... Like, I'm paying for these. Why are they less than Raw? Like, why are they less time than Raw? Because it's not a big pay-per-view? Aren't they? Well, WrestleMania is the only one. Is SummerSlam still? I guess SummerSlam is Survivor Series still like that? I'm sure Survivor Series. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a three hour affair. But even like, 
even when like the inner houses went from being inner houses to actual sub pay-per-views, they were still always like 245, 250. I don't know. It just I, I shouldn't be watching a TV show that has more time than a paper a quote unquote pay-per-view. No, little enough. little pet peeve. No, that's an excellent point. Why would you invest, you know? Um Tony, you said you watched a shitload of wrestling too. Um we have a new NWA TV champion. Ooh, don't put the cart before the horse. United Wrestling Network, once again, primetime live, episode six. Uh, another banger of an episode. But yes, uh, before we get to that news, I mean, the card was think- what it was. It was a lot of good shit. Uh, they had that girl from Brazil that was on fucking uh, uh, AEW uh, Dark, I guess, like a while back. I forget Ty- what Ty Conti? No, no, some other Brazilian chick. She came out and she was dancing and she had the fucking... Uh, the, uh, the fucking headdress on and everything But that doesn't matter Kev The, the main points I want to get at We got the tournament brackets For the United uh, Wrestling Network's First ever world champion to be crowned right, We got right. some fucking doozies right Eric Redbeard John Red, Johnny Redbeard's uh, older brother Is uh, taking on Watts in the first round Chris Dickinson takes on Peter Avalon The librarian Carl Fredericks takes on Fred Rosser Yes it is Rosser And Davey Boy Smith Jr. takes on Mike Bennett and this week, this Tuesday, tomorrow, we start off with Chris Dickinson versus Peter Avalon. That's a hell of a fucking tournament right there. They got some beef in that fucking thing. It's pretty good. Early predictions? I think Chris Dickinson's winning this fucking thing. I think he's winning it. Call me crazy. I know Mike Bennett's over there, and I know there's quite a few names on there, but... I'll take your word for it. Let's go... But the big uh, news... Let's go, go Dickinson and Fredericks in the finals. You think Fredericks? Do you don't like, think Mike Bennett makes the finals? No, I think I think if, I think Carl Fredericks and Chris Dickinson in the finals. What about Davy Boy Jr.? He's got to promote the shows. Nah, he's out. He's losing to Mike Bennett in the first round. Mike Bennett's going to lose to Carl Fredericks in the second round. Fred Rozier can kick rocks. Um, Watts, Redbeard or Watts? Watts is going to beat Redbeard. Dickinson's going to beat Avalon. Dickinson beats Watts. Dickinson for Fredrickson. Uh, Fredericks. I'm just making up people now. Just making up people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with you, Tony. I like Dickinson to be the UWN champion. And the way the, the way they've been building him too the past couple of weeks, he comes out, he cuts these fucking scathing promos, like uh, nobody like uh, nobody's giving him opportunities, so he's gonna start taking them, and he keeps fucking uh, calling out what the hell's his name? I can't even think of Dave Marquez talking shit to him. So it's gonna be interesting. The most interesting and probably greatest wrestling spectacular of the week was Zicky DeHeist defending the NWA World Television Championship against the Pope, D'Angelo De Niro. This was fucking amazing. 100,000 million percent balls to the wall. It had story. It had passion. It had anger. It had a fucking pre-match beatdown. It had him fucking calling him a yellow banana sack of shit. It was fucking beautiful. Fucking Zicky Dice called out Billy Corgan, told him the only people that give a shit about him are fucking middle-aged women and the fucking the fucking people that fucking paid for his first album, which was dog shit. Fucking brilliant. Puts the beat down on the Pope before the match, telling everybody there's no title match because I'm not fucking defending the title tonight. Going, I'm I'm reti- I'm taking the belt with me when my contract's up at the end of the year. Beautiful shit. The Pope finally manages to get to his feet. And he's like, all right, you really want to do this? We're going to do this. And for six minutes, 
just about six minutes. It was about 20 seconds left in the match. These guys had a fucking great match. Zicky Dice was doing silly shit. He goes to drop an elbow. He misses, goes to drop an elbow. He misses, goes for the third one. And when the Pope moves, he goes, ha ha, gotcha. And when he dropped it, the Pope moved anyway. Fucking genius shit. And the fucking win comes where Zicky Dice gets whipped into the corner, catches the double knees in the back. One, two, three, it's all over. And the Pope, unfortunately, wins the fucking worst looking bootleg fucking wrestling belt I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if you guys caught the pictures of the Pope afterward with the title. From what I read, uh, Dave Lagana, who was, you know, was late of the NWA at this point, uh, was friends with um, uh, Dave Milliken. And Dave Milliken has a fucking actual replica of the NWA TV belt. And that was the belt that they were using on NWA Power. And unfortunately, when the Dave Lagana deal all fucking fell apart, the belt went along with them. So they got this fucking thing where you could see in the video, the plates weren't exactly right. The backing was falling off. It's kind of disappointing, but the Pope cuts a fucking killer promo. It was so reminiscent of fucking hard times talking about COVID and how people were looking for inspiration and shit. Beautiful. 1000%. If you watch anything this past week and I'm talking anything, find oh, that match and watch it. It was fucking the greatest fucking 15 minutes all week. Yeah. With the Pope. Pope's a hell of a, oh, Pope's a hell of a promo. And uh, he really new- is. Really the, is genius. And uh, speaking of Zicky Dice, shout out to the newlywed Zicky Dice who got married this weekend. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't all bad news for the Zickster right there. So congratulations to Zicky Dice on the. You, uh, saw, you saw the picture of his uh, of his wedding party, right? All the fucking like mods of like him and his guys. The one that I oh, sent you. No, well that it was out there. He put it on Twitter. Oh, the yeah, he got all his groomsmen uh, custom LJN figures. That, that was pretty sweet. I wish I would have thought of that fucking 20 years ago, but whatever. Anyway, uh, yeah. that was UWN. Check it out in a nutshell. And uh, Tony, I'm going to have to disagree with you. If you watch one thing this week, I don't know. I don't know if Matt has plans on going somewhere else. I think we we went an hour and 18 minutes without talking about Chris Jericho and MJF. Oh, that, if you watch one thing, Matt, I know I just sprung this on you. If you watch one thing this week, you got to watch. What is it called? The the dinner the debonair or whatever it's called? You know what? Yes, dinner debonair. I'll give oh. it to you. It was up there. Look, this week had tons of fucking great moments. Tons of great moments. Tons of great wrestling. Oh, you gotta watch this. Oh. So so good. I'll tell you. Uh, Wednesday night, right from you know, we go, I go from watching the show right to doing the post show. Um I didn't like it. Uh, and then. You no, know, I heard. I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> and then, you know, you see it again Thursday. You see it Friday. And you're like, God damn. I was could not have been more wrong. This was excellent. <laughs> um, which is the. You know what? It's fun to go right from watching the show into doing a post show because your emotion, you're still. You're, oh, you're yeah. fucking fired up. I mean, you do it when you tweet uh, Impact, Kevin, which you fucking slay every Tuesday night. Um, I Freya the Slayer. You Freya the Slayer. That's right. From the squared circle with Sinka. That's right. Sinka and Keith uh, Slater. Circle squared. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we might have to start worrying about you. It ain't ballerina, baby. It's, I could be having a fucking stroke. I have no idea. Listen, this... I'm with you. I find myself leaving words out of text sometimes. Like, it's, it's weird. 
so. this was excellent. This dinner debonair. Uh, I uh, recant, re reenact, recant. No, I recant my statement. Recant. From Wednesday night, I thoroughly uh, going back and watching it several times now. I think it's awesome. Yeah, we also would have accepted withdraw and uh, retract. Uh, like the manscape shaving my balls. There you go. I redacted. Yeah. Can I redact? That's redact what I meant. The hairs to say. on my balls with my manscape lawnmower 3.0. Uh, yes, this was excellent. Good point, Kevin. This segment was very funny. Uh, all to find out that they're just going to have a town hall meeting this Wednesday night on Dynamite to to see if, uh, I guess, MJF is worthy of being in the inner circle. So good. I'm looking forward to this, too. Yeah. I think I think everything that WWE does with their skits, even though AEW claims to be everything that they're not, if you do your skits well, you're okay in my book. Just saying. Like, I think that Law and Otis will pale in comparison to whatever Chris Jericho and MJF MJF have uh, ready for this. So, all right, T Donk, I'm sorry I'm boring you by talking to you know the most popular no, no. wrestling show of the week. T Donk's gonna come in hot. Penta and Phoenix was amazing. It's a shame that fucking Phoenix wound up getting hurt in this match because it would have been a fucking killer for him to go to the second round. Yeah, but you can't um, you can't not you know it's not like you're you're getting a lesser opponent against Kenny Omega here. I mean, come on. No, no, but but still, like like you talked about, I'm a fucking big uh, Phoenix Mark, so it would have been cool, but you know, unfortunately. Let me ask you a question, uh, old man Tony. Oh yeah. Who's got the bigger? Is your Phoenix? <laughs> is your Wanna Phoenix? Start that question over. Is, no, no. Is your Phoenix boner bigger than uh, KTG's Eddie Kingston boner? And if you have a sword fight, who would win? I don't want to have a sword fight. Why? I mean, I like I like Phoenix. I'm not fucking like fucking dick touching with people to fucking prove it. You don't want to play pee pee touch? No, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Wait, I mean, who does who does who does T Donk have a donk for? Uh, Phoenix. He's big Phoenix guy. Ah, big Phoenix guy. Big Phoenix. All right. More than Penta. Yeah. I like Phoenix more. See, I think Penta has world champion, no matter where he goes, written all over him. Nah, Phoenix does. No, he doesn't. Phoenix is the next AEW champion. Write it down. Really? No. Nah, come uh, on. We all know where this is going. All right, Tony. Talk to us. I, I know. I'm sure you're all fired up about Dynamite. Let's go. Well, I liked the... I, I'm happy the way the Kenny Omega-Sunny Kiss match worked out. Although... I did notice it, and I didn't want to bring it up because I felt like I was being a negative Nancy in the Discord. Sonny's just got to fucking take a hit, dude. He fucking, like, panicked when Omega was coming at him with the knee. Like, completely was moving before Kenny was even there. It's like, come on, man. You're on TV now. This is the big time. Fucking knee's coming at you. Take the fucking knee. Don't duck. Don't move out of the way. Just fucking take it. Mm. What else happened? Uh, Fucking cowboy shit. Who did he wrestle? He wrestled uh, Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana. Good match. Cole Cabana showing some fire, but fuck him because fucking cowboy shit. Cowboy shit needs to have some sort of storyline where he gets to AA, cleans himself up, and just fucking beats the shit out of everybody. Starts doing that cowboy shit again. Why can't the storyline be that uh, Adam Page still thinks he's in a tag team with Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega? I'm tired of the Jilted Lover shit, dude. I'm tired of it. Just fucking knock it off. Stop it. No. Not everybody can fill Kota Ibushi's shoes. Sorry. Oh, Can't do it. Nope. Fucking you and your nope. foot boy. Get out of what here. Other, what other matches in the tournament? I'm forgetting. Ward, Wardlow, oh, Jungle, Jungle Boy. Boy. Wardlow, yes. You know what? 
What? Wardlow hit the fucking DDT on the ramp. He doesn't, or whatever his fucking finisher was, the F10. He doesn't need to hit another one in the ring. Shit can him and pin him. It's over. Fuck him. Jungle Boy lost. Actually, it was a good match for a little man, big man match. Impressed more and more by Jungle Boy every week. Good. Now that Kevin's gone, let's talk about him. He's such a dick, isn't he? Wow. Really? <laughs> Going in hot. Right yeah, in AEW hot shit right here. Um, I mean, if you really want to, if you really want to piss people off, talk about your disdain for Orange Cassidy. Oh wait, what happened with him? I forgot. Is he? Get, well, oh, the fucking interview where he said he was in Cleveland. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck him. What happened with him? They were like, you're getting a title match, and he didn't care. You know what they should do? They should forget to write stories for him for six months and go. Sorry. But that's his gimmick. Tony, he's too cool for the room. Everybody should just treat him the way he treats everyone else, and then he'll, maybe he'll fucking wise it up. Cause he's a dick. You think he's Orange, a dick. you think Orange Cassidy is a dick? He's a dick. Really? He is a dick. K- KTG in the hot mic. Fuck Tony. <laughs> no, fuck you, Kate. Wow. Orange Cassidy's a dick. Wow. I love it when it's distinctive to the point with just two words. Fuck Tony. He's a dick. Don't like him. Fuck him. What the what and is fuck it? Sabi with his fucking dumb video game machine and fuck Miro and fuck them all. Wow. Really? How do you feel about the I need four- Miro Lacks to fucking get over what Miro does? How do you feel about the four-way tag? Oh, that was if you're not on the hot mic, uh that was a hard eye. Here here here's my ultimate problem with the storyline succinctly as possible. There was no reason for the Young Bucks to go heel when you have perfectly fine heel tag team champions that they're chasing. No reason whatsoever. Because now they're getting beat up and, and smacked from behind by Tully Blanchard in his fucking disguise with a chair. And we're supposed to feel bad for them? They're dicks. They super kicked Alex Marvez. They beat up Tony Schiavone. They broke his phone. Why do we fucking care that they're getting their asses kicked? Are you trying to turn FTR de facto face? Like, is this what we're doing? It just makes no sense. They should have let the fucking Bucks run this angle out, be in faces, and then fucking do whatever you want with them after the fact. It's just very confusing. It's it really makes no sense. FTR's fine on the fucking on the fucking heel side. They're fucking heels. Let them be the heels and let them fucking run with it. That's my problem with this. All right. And well, enough, listen, oh, and enough oh. with the fucking rankings for Christ's sakes. Enough. Just get rid of them. Tony Khan should come out Wednesday night and just go, listen. We tried. We fucked up. There will be no more rankings. You will earn your championship matches as we see fit, and that's that. If we want to have 40 guys in a battle royal and the guy that wins the battle royal wins the fucking title match, then so be it. We've been doing it for a year anyway. Might as well just cop to it. Get rid of the fucking rankings. They make no sense. No sense. You make no sense. Who was in that tag fucking four-way that was even ranked? Who was in there that was ranked? Who was ranked? The best friends. Are they even in the match? We're the best well, friends in the match. First, you're going to have to remind me who was actually in the match. Well, that's what I'm asking. I don't remember. Uh, I want to say the Butcher and the Blade, the Young Bucks, are ranked. Wait, Butcher and the Blade are ranked? Uh, I'm going to pull up the rankings. Give me just a moment, please, sir. Dun, 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 oh, let's do it. You know what? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if I can do it, too. Type, 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 you're saying All right. Uh, ah, you da, beat da, me, da, son da, of a bitch. Da, da. Let's see. Uh, Young Bucks, Butcher and the Blade are ranked fourth. Young Bucks are bl- ranked one. Those are the only two ranked teams that were in. This Who match. else was in this match? Uh, Silver and Reynolds. 
Mm-hmm. And oh, private party. Yes, private party. Thank you. Sorry. Well, fuck me sideways. Yeah. So wait, who is the number one contenders? The number one Bucks. contenders are the Young Bucks. The so number- why? Why? They're, hold on, hold on, why? hold on. No. no, they won. They won the tag team nonsense two weeks ago, three weeks ago, where they teamed up with the guys that they beat the next week, and then they're the number one contenders, and they have to win the title match. The rankings. What? Just because you're ranked number one does not mean you are the number one contender. It's never been put out there. I understand the rankings are very muddy and confusing. It's pro wrestling. It's what every ranking system is. It's not necessarily meant to be the barometer to tell you, like, the number one ranked team is your number one contenders. They just have... That makes you realize what you just said is fucking idiotic on like five different levels. Now we've talked about this before. We've had this discussion where, and I'll say it again: it's idiotic on at least five different levels. How are how QT you, Marshall? How can, be, how can you be the look? Even when I played pro wrestling as a kid, when I was the number one ranked wrestler, I wrestled King Slender for the title. They didn't fucking put me in there with the giant Puma to fucking defend my chip, my fucking number one ranking. No, I became number one. Fucking punch out for Christ's sakes. Little Mac, he's going to fight fucking bald bull. No, he's not. We're going to put him in there against Glass Joe again. Fuck all. That's not how it works. It's not how that's any big, of it works. That's a big Puma to you. Otherwise, the two he is. How are QT Fuck Marshall this, and Dustin man. Rhodes still ranked? They're eight, Firehawk. They're eight and two, Kevin. Yeah, but when was the last time they had a match on, on AEW uh, Dynamite? Dynamite has probably been a couple weeks. They're on Dark regularly? Yeah, they're regulars on Dark. They shouldn't count that. It counts. You shouldn't count any of it. It doesn't make sense. Hmm. All right. T-Donkus, All right on. T- we got more shit to talk about. Come we on. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. You guys want to hear more in-depth stuff? Listen to the guys fucking kiss each other's asses on Wednesday and then fucking poor Matt have to take the side of the bad guy and fucking convince the other guys on the show, you know, this wasn't that great. Fuck you, AEW rules. <laughs> They're gonna fucking hate wow. me. Wow. Holy shit, they're gonna hate me. Old I man. don't care. Bring it on, bitches. If you can explain to me the rankings on Wednesday, I'll you'll turn on me. But in, in the meantime, forget it. All right. Old man Tony's fired up to be and fair. And I was happy with a lot of the AW Dynamite show this week. There was a lot of great shit on there. To be fair, Tony, Kate does agree with you with the rankings. Not so much in the Orange Thank Cassidy you. hate, but I always knew she was smart. She's not completely smart like I am, but she she's smart. Um I NXT also happened Wednesday night, and they brought back fucking Pat McAfee. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. Good. I want to I see that. I want to see that. No, it's fine. I knew it happened. I, I just want to watch it. Uh, Pat McAfee helped Oni, Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch win the uh, tag titles. Uh, I, I think this it. was supposed love to be. Love it. I love Pat, it. I fucking hate love Pat it. McAfee. I like that they won the tag titles. I just hate Pat McAfee. I fucking hate Pat McAfee. I love I, I love that they're 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 trying and if, if he wants to be in the business and if he really wants to try and and do some do some stuff and make a name for himself and work at it and actually really really try I got no problem with it whatsoever because the guy's got a mouth on him so if he's a mouthpiece for them no problem with it whatsoever None. I think I think this was I think this was rushed I think this was Ridge Holland. Uh, and then he fucked himself up. So I think I think at the I think at the end uh, of the storyline, right? I think Rich Hol- Ridge Holland would have helped them win the NXT tag titles. 
And I think they would have disrupted the Undisputed Era until, you know, the big reveal is the guy who paid off Ridge Holland to attack Adam Cole and was. who paid Ridge Holland, right, was Pat McAfee. Because, Pat McAfee. like, right after uh, that match with Adam Cole, like, he was on ESPN. He was like, I'm done. My in-ring career is done. Like, I'm not doing anything, you know. But, of course, Ridge Holland got hurt, so they pivoted. I get it. I just don't like Pat McAfee. Yeah. Uh, but it fits the story. Um, but the big... Um, Big thing is NXT this week. Halloween Havoc's coming back. Dexter Loomis, Cameron Grimes in a haunted house of terror match. Ooh. Io uh, Shirai, Candice LeRae spin the wheel, make the deal. Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano spin the wheel, make the deal. So uh, these are the things on the the wheel. Um, All right. Coal Miners glove match on a pole. A blindfold match. A casket match, a chamber of horrors, a biker's chain match, a buried alive match, a devil's playground match, a boiler room brawl, Shotzi's choice, because Shotzi Blackheart, she is hosting. Um, Matt, is there any is there anything on this wheel that low life Louie would appreciate? No, there is no there is no dildo matches on here. There's uh, a uh, right. weapon. I mean, it could be a weapons wild match, or a trick or street fight, or that a T right. or yes, this might be my favorite, a TLS match. Tables, ladders, and scares. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, love to spin the wheel, make the deal. Don't like some of these matches. Don't or don't like some. They're just cheesy names. Just fuck. I don't. I get it. All right, but just like make a fucking barbed wire cage match. Why do you have to give them all these fucking cheese dick names? Yeah, your NXT, you're the counter culture of what's happening on Mondays and Fridays. Just call it like it is. Why, like why? you've always done. Uh, so, yeah, that was that. Uh, let's see. It looks like uh, the WWE will be at the Thunderdome until after Survivor Series, and then we'll find out what happens there. Um, uh, it's I, I could see them letting people back in places. Well, the, the Orange County Department of Health uh, has said that uh, the WWE Performance Center, Full Sail, uh, they and the Amway Center, they are all uh, hot spots. Yes, hot spots. They're under investigation because it seems like everybody was getting COVID there. Uh, ben Carter signed a WWF contract. Good for him. Chad Gable is no longer Shorty G. He quit the name. He's now back to Chad Gable, I guess. I thought he quit the company. I thought that I saw that. No, he it... said he quit, and then they caught up with him backstage, and he said he quit the name, Shorty G. Oh, good for him. That's a thing. If, J- if Jason Jordan is healthy, bring him back, and let's reunite American Alpha, baby. But Jason Jordan's probably not healthy. Uh, let's see. We talked Impact Wrestling. Uh, Deanna Parazu and Rohit have signed long-term contracts there. Uh, we talked oh, NBA, yeah. UWN. Uh, New Japan has announced all their cards for the uh, Road to Power Struggle shows uh, with uh, Kanemaru and Ibushi defending their IWDP Junior Heavyweight titles against Hiromu and Bushi as the main event on November 1st. And the six-man titles, um, no, excuse me, the IWGP tag titles as Zack Sabre and Taichi defend against Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. That's November 2nd. Uh, and it's reported that Ring of Honor uh, has no role for Marty Skrull. He is not involved in the company at the current moment. So that is all the news and notes I have here. Uh, do you want to take a quick break before we do uh, Halloween Havoc 91? 
the Matt's top five list. I stole Kevin gimmick this week. And can you beat that? Do you want to take a quick break, Tony Z? We could do that. All right, let's, let's take a break. Let's pay the bills. I got to take a piss, and yep. I got to grab an adult beverage. Uh, and we come when we come back, people. That's what you all been waiting for. We're gonna do some Halloween Havoc '91. We're in top five list. We're gonna do games and much more. Tony, you okay over there, buddy? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, I think you're like you're like Ryan Van Damen over there. He's not fine. Back after this. We here at The Shining Wizards know that you love to do online shopping, and most of you do it through Amazon. But don't go to Amazon.com. Go to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, and when you shop, any money that you spend goes a little bit to support the show. It's not a whole lot, but every little bit helps. The more you buy, the more we get supported, and the more everybody can be happy, and we can continue to bring you the best professional wrestling podcast. In a world where Hollywood tries to tell you how to live while doing the exact opposite. Where fresh ideas are tossed away for a cash grab reboot. Where the media has become nothing but propaganda and freedom is traded for what they tell you is security and safety. There is inconclusive breakdown. Your weekly look at current events and entertainment with no political correct BS. Just news and uncensored opinions everywhere you get podcasts. A proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Rea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. Horns up. This is Rock from Radioactive Metal. Join Snowy, Kareem, Aaron, and myself right here on the Shining Wizards Network every Friday for your weekly metal fix. We talk to all your favorite artists, cover all the latest metal news, cover all the latest releases, and feature brand new unsigned bands. So sit back, grab a beer, download the latest episode, and always remember, it's not metal unless it's radioactive metal. Hey, this is Mike from The Midnight Jury. When you are done with this show, join my co-host Cal and I every week as we travel back to the last old-school generation of the 80s and 90s to review the best and worst in pop culture, horror, and music on WLWstudios.com or the Midnight Jury feeds on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Player FM. Go back in time when it was all about VHS, arcades, and hanging out at the mall. And remember that every second Saturday of the month, we go live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RantEMRadio.com, which includes taking your calls. Once again, that's the Midnight Jury, where the 80s and 90s return from the dead on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and our home, WLWstudios.com. We'll see you there.
All right. I guess we're back. We were all downstairs. We're getting drinks. The commercials are over. And uh, I don't know how long there was dead air for. But, uh, yeah, I had to run. Running scared over here. So we're going to take this time to thank those that support uh, us over on our Patreon. Uh, Let me just pull up some music here. I've literally ran. Oh, boy. Kevin, how are you? There was dead air. There was a good amount of dead air because every uh, all of us walked away. Yeah, I had a uh, uh, little bit more than a pee break, so I had to. Uh, <laughs> Tony, had there to, was had... there was some dead air. We got. <laughs> okay. Uh, what? All right. What is what do you got going on there, Tony? <laughs> it's Halloween, baby. I'm getting in the mood. Did you change your shirt? So why would you take off the Halloween shirt? Because I got the glow going. Ooh. He's got the glow. I like this. Actually, uh, hold on. I can get this. Keep going. I am. I'm just catching my breath. Let's take this time to thank those that support Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash wizards podcast. And for as little as $1 a month, you can support the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. We're going to thank Kathy Hummer, the queen of the Shining Wizards. We're going to thank Manny Kratzo, the king of the Shining Wizards. Danny and Anthony Rusinello, the AOP of the SWP. Ryan Arthur over at Elementary.com. That's Elementary Brewing and Brewery Brewing. in Hackensack, New Jersey. Uh, elementary.com. Sean Toe, Sean Calejo, uh, Brett Simonello. What do you hear? What do you say? Uh, Kate the Great Hensler over at OnDeckIC.com. If you need something promoted, uh, go over to Kate, KateTheGreat.com or OnDeckIC.com. Uh, check her out. Uh, Matt Garifo, no relationship to the Kate. JG. Uh, Maddie Mellinger. Uh, Christine Friesendorf, the other half of the Sign Girls. Mark Parloni, happy birthday, Mark. Uh, Kenny Hawsey, Mr. Scotch Drinks More. Uh, Jay Cop, Big Cop of Pump over at the Turnbuckle Throwbacks. Check those guys out every Friday night. Uh, Thomas Cops, the Mott Spock. Uh, Michael Hammond. Uh, David Henry Bauer III, his pal Antonio Hosserman makes experimental music at harvestmanrecords.bandcamp.com. Uh, Matthew Birch, TJ Vegas. And last but certainly not least, Mr. William Mercier Jr. Wait, wait. Lives are going to be in William Mercier's hands. You know what I mean? Uh, Had to unmute for a second there. I know what you mean, Kevin. Bedlam, baby. It's Bedlam. Uh, You know what else is Bedlam? Oh, tell me. My balls. Ooh. It's a disaster down there. It's a fucking Ooh. mess. All right. It looks, like, good, it looks like I got Sinka in a headlock with my legs. <laughs> it's, all, it's all wispy and it's all it's gross. It's matted. Ligamables. Starting, the, the, starting to get the grays. Ew. There's got to be something you can do about that, right? Yeah. I, uh, it's got to be something you have been doing about that. I went over to manscaped.com. Oh, look at you. You know, I browsed, I perused the website, very easy to navigate, and I found the lawnmower 3.0. This motherfucker, let me tell you. All right. It's got skin safe technology. It's got battery that lasts you 90 minutes, sleek charging station. You put it right next to your toothbrush. It's not this big, hunky piece of shit that just sits, what? 
Please don't brush your teeth with the lawnmower 3.0. No, you put it, it sits on your vanity, though. It's nice. The ladies come in, they go, oh, this guy takes care of his balls. You fire up the man ca- Manscaped 3.0. All right, 7,000, 7,000 RPMs on the lawnmower. Oh. You trim your fucking awful balls, right? You fucking digging a ditch or trimming your nuts? I'm, tripping. I'm going fast, bro. We don't have time. The ladies are coming over. You got to get them balls clean, bro. Ladies? Yeah. And guess what? You don't have to fucking shave your balls and then take a shower. You take the lawnmower 3.0 in the shower with you. It's water wow. resistant. Shave your Brilliant. balls in the shower. But Matt, what if the power goes out while you're in the shower? Whatever will you do? No worries. You have a pickle chip, horseradish pickle chip. It's delicious. Oh yeah, right. You eat them in the shower too. They're pickled. That's right. Pickled it. It's got a light, bro. It's got a little light right on there. You got to shave your balls in the dark. You hit the switch. Boom! It lights LED up like light. a, it lights up like a Christmas tree. Ah. Oh. Little light of mine. Then you gently, right? You just shave your balls. Then you get out of the shower. Gently. You throw some of that ball refresher on there. Air dry that son of a bitch. A little ball deodorant. Boom. They're good to go. Oh, yeah. Your balls, clean, baby. your balls will thank you. You will get a thank you card in the mail from your balls. That's right. If you just go over to Manscaped. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know if my balls can write. Oh, your no, balls can write. They'll be so excited to learn. You just go over to manscaped.com. You throw in the code wizards at checkout. You save 20% and you get free shipping. Oh, yeah. And guys, trust me, man, your, your lady will thank you. Because when you got clean balls, remember, they're in her court. You can't beat it. Can, manscaped.com. Code word wizards. 20% checkout. Free shipping. Beautiful. And then listen, it, I'll tell you right now, it's not just good for that area. You can use it on the old chest. Could use it on the uh, anywhere you need to, man. I, 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 when I first got it, I actually used it on my face before I, before I elevated to the next level. Now I can't go back, but but now I can't go back. <laughs> but it's uh, well, you it's can. Nice. You change the blade every three months. You get That's true. Blade. If you subscribe, if you uh, subscribe to the perfect package, you get a replaceable blade, I believe. So, uh, so that's great. Oh, what a wonderful product! What a wonderful product! Love it. What a, what not to a, mention, not not to mention the uh, the the skivvies that you get too, the merch. Oh, tremendous merch! I'm wearing it right now. Manscaped Mondays, baby. Fuck yeah! I can't beat it. I wore mine backwards for half a day. How'd that work out for you? You know what? I didn't have a fucking swamp ass, so I guess it worked out good. Yeah, coming from a boxer guy, man, not bad at all. Beautiful. It's really starting to annoy my fucking head. Yeah, I don't know what what are you what are you Tatanka? What are you doing over there? I was trying to do something cool for Halloween because I got the black light on and everything. I, I literally thought that was the black light. What on my eyes? I just I just thought that was light. I didn't realize that was paint. Ooh, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna do something cool for Halloween. Talk amongst yourselves. Get my uh, get my top five list music ready. Oh, get it. Get it Listen. ready. Like it's oh, right here. Have it queued. Because Matt's gonna come in hot with his top five. I'm very intrigued because he was very adamant about doing a top five this week. So who am I to stand in the way of, of a genius at work here? What are you talking about? You stand in everybody's way when they try to do your gimmick. Oh, I don't. Who's ever tried before? It's you, been you, suggested before, but you're like, that's my thing. And then you, oh, got, you, know what? you I, got mad when it was like, somebody else is going to come up with questions for my thing. And you were like, but that's Tony's thing. Well, I feel like consistency is key. 
but I yeah. also understand. But I also understand that that um, okay. complacency or- complacency is not. So yeah, switch it up every now and then. And plus, I had I didn't have a topic yet when he asked, so <laughs> so it was all good. So that go Are for we it. Are even covering Halloween Havoc tonight? I feel like this show is gonna fucking not end till like eleven o'clock again, and we didn't have a guest. Should we save that? I don't know. I mean, I'm not steering the ship. I'm just. I mean, I could I could save my game. My game doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess we can do that because I know Matt's dead set on talking about Halloween Havoc, which yeah, I watched. Just- I watched it too, so it was great. What the? Are you leading Retribution? No, he's Glacier. I'll tell you what. I'm very disappointed that I have my, this fucking Glacier mask doesn't fit my fat head. <laughs> what a dick! Well, blood runs cold. It was in the uh, the pro wrestling crate I got, and I said, "Oh my god, I can wear uh, I can wear this mask here." But uh, it doesn't fit my big stupid head, so disregard. Hit me with that top five music, baby. Let's go. We just went through it. I fucking. Lost oh, okay. It, right? Here we go. I took over Kevin's list this week. I'm very excited about this. Oh yeah. Top five. We're going with our theme tonight: Halloween Havoc. Top five worst Halloween Havoc matches or moments. This should be a layup for you guys. And Kevin, you don't ever get to play this game, so I'm excited about this for you, buddy. Are we going to spoil something that's that we're going to be talking about in a little bit? I don't necessarily think it's a spoil, Kevin. All right. Well, then Chamber of Horrors match has to be on there. Kevin, you are correct. Chamber of Horrors comes in at number two on Matt's top five worst moments in WCW Halloween Havoc history slash matches. Tony Z, what do you got for me? I would I would have to wager a guess that the Coal Miners Glove match is number one. Tony, you are not right. The coal miner's glove is number five. It is on the list, but it's not number one. All right. See, I got to remember. There's a time in 95. Halloween Havoc was when was the cage match with Hogan and Flair at a Halloween Havoc where the masked man revealed himself to be Brutus Beefcake. That was a Halloween Havoc. I think uh, so. I look I, like a more fucking rouge now. I believe that was 94, and that did not make the list, Kevin. Ah, crazy. Tony. Um, let's see. I mean, 90, 96 was Hogan Savage when Piper showed up. That can't be on there. Oh, fucking Doug Summers versus Van Hammer. That's no, no, no that is not on the list. You guys are it missing. You're missing two very obvious ones and one that I think Kevin. Oh, 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 not, we, we can't just throw out 90, 1991 ones just because it's well, that's all I know. No, it's not. You come on, you're missing a very fucking obvious one. Uh, 97. Is there a monster truck gimmick? Ding! Yes, Kevin. The giant gets thrown off of Kobo Hall at the 1995 <laughs> Halloween Havoc is the number one worst moment because he oh, comes yeah. back and he beats Hollywood Hogan for the fucking Wait. WCW Heavyweight Championship later in the night. Wait, the Yeti? No, no, that was a that was a uh, World War Three. The Yeti did not make the list, sir. 
Was he that? Was that at Halloween Havoc though? It was. I think it was ninety. It was that the same match, wasn't it? I think so. Yes. That's got Matt. I, I'm sorry, man. That is the worst thing in the history of not only Halloween Havoc, maybe WCW. <laughs> You're missing two. Uh, they're both matches. One is from '98 and one is from 2000. Oh, uh, Ultimate Warrior Hogan. Ultimate Warrior Hogan comes in at number three. And what was it? What was the other year? 2000. Goldberg against Chronic. No. <laughs> was it uh, something on a pole match? It uh, it was a David Flair against Buff Bagwell in a day- DNA match. Oh, God, that was Halloween Havoc? Oh, I would have never guessed that. It I would have never even remembered that. So did that- we get them all? You got Giant throws gets thrown off the of Kobo Hall, number one. Chamber of Horrors, number two. Warrior Hogan, number three. DNA match, number four. Coal Miner's Glove, number five. I also did the top five best matches, but we're going to move on because we are uh, running we're out of running time. We're running out tonight. of show. Um, so that list uh, was part of the reason why I want to talk about Halloween Havoc 1991. And Tony uh, was watching both last night. Um, so Halloween Havoc 1991 from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, let's let's do it, boys. Let's talk about a little. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? Uh, I got something cute. 11 up here. matches. And I said that I, that I remember this show really well, but I did not remember that the Chamber of Horrors match opened. Oh, yeah, it had to. They, that's what they did a lot of times. With these gimmick matches. If you remember Great American Bash 91, they opened with the fucking scaffold match. With uh, PN News and Bobby Eaton and fucking Steve Austin. Yeah, Eaton? Dog shit. Absolute dog shit. Well, Bobby Eaton was on this show, too. He Eaton? was. No, Bobby Eaton is not dog shit. Don't, don't fucking get that twisted. He had a nice little match there with Terrence Taylor from the uh, York Foundation. Oh, God. The fucking, what was he, the, the computer the computer made man? The Taylor made man, right? Was that, or yeah. was that different? Yeah, Taylor made no, man. No, he was the Taylor made man, and somebody else was IRS was the computer man of the 90s, or maybe it was the Taylor made man of the 90s. No, because, uh, not Francine, uh, Terry Runnels had the computer telling him what to do in Alex- his matches. Alexander, it was York. a word processor. It was a word processor. What, whatever. Shit. It's, fucking, it's, it's computers in, in the 1990s. So this event took place October 27th, 1991, which will be 29 years ago, uh, probably when you listen to this in podcast form on Tuesday. Um, It did a 1.0 buy rate. Uh, It went up against the seventh game of the World Series and a Sunday night football Giants-Redskins game that was apparently the hot ticket of the time. And you'll hear uh, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone make references to the World Series in the main event. Uh, uh, Steve Avery and John Smoltz pitching, uh, which I thought was really weird. And they said the the mass man was in the back watching and the world and series. doesn't 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 yeah. I was gonna say I'll just didn't uh, Eric Bischoff or Paul Heyman make a reference to that too. Yeah, Paul Heyman did during his promo. Yeah. Um, so we open the show with a little uh, Eric Eric Bischoff's out back. He's gonna meet all the wrestlers as they're coming up, and Cactus and Abdullah show up. Uh, and then they run an angle where they uh, slam Barry Windham's arm in the door uh, because at a house show a week earlier, he broke his wrist um, in four places, and he was going to be on the shelf for almost six months to a year. So that's why they ran that angle. Also, the one-man gang quit the promotion, which if you look at the original uh, Chamber of Horrors promo uh, poster, he was supposed to be in the Chamber of Horrors 
Yeah, and like uh, Cactus Jack was supposed to be in a different match, right? Yeah, Cactus Jack was supposed to wrestle. Um... Oh, God, whoever wrestled. Um... Fuck. Whoever the guy who he was supposed to wrestle still wrestled. Yeah, was he supposed to wrestle uh, Bill Casimir? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Oz took over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Tony, what uh, prompted you to watch this last night? I, w- I was in the mood for a little Halloween action, and I, I hadn't watched the Chamber of Horrors in a while. So, and I figured because it was the first match, and I watched it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick with this. This is a fucking great show. So I stuck with it, and it was a great show. Now, for those not familiar with 1991, this is like just as Ric Flair has left WCW, he took the big gold belt with him, as you'll see in the main event. There is no big gold belt. Um, and at the time, they WWF just started running the Ric Flair Hogan house shows. Um, and on the flip side, they're running like Luger against Z-Man is your main event at some of these house shows in WCW. <laughs> Well, why I've not? Seen, I'm, I've I'm, seen worse. Yeah. Well, if you you say why not now, but then, you know, Z-Man's fate on this Halloween havoc. You don't think WCW was happy to draw 4.300 people every time they did a show? <sighs> why did you just say 4.300? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> to make it sound more important. So 4. is 4.3. Is, I don't know. 4.300 is 130 people. Anything after the decimal point is is like if there's zeros after the three, it means nothing. It's just 4.3. Right? No, because it's not 4.3 people showing up. It's 4.300 people. Mm, I don't know. Look, if you had $10.7 million in the bank, you could say $10.7 million. But since there were only 430 people, you could say 4.300 people. Hmm, Never heard that before. Wow. Kevin's analyzing my jokes. All right. Onward. Chamber (laughs) of Horrors. All right. We got Sting. We got El Gigante and the Stein oh, Brothers yeah. taking on Cactus, Abdullah, Big Van Vader, and the Diamond Stud. And some jack-off that was in a coffin. There were several jack-offs, jack-offs in coffins. You know who one of them was? No, please tell me. He was the Night, Darby St- Allen. He was the night Stalker. Barry Windham? No, Brian Clark. Really? Yes. Wrath, Adam Bomb? Yes, he was one of the, the men in the mask that came out of the coffin. Well, good for him. So, so what do you guys think of the Chamber of Horrors? I mean, first of all, they should have had a MRSA test because everybody looked fucking filthy. I don't know what they did. They mop the fucking mats with vomit. Did they clean ringside with diarrhea? Like, seriously, these guys, they were they all had shit stuck to them. It was disgusting. My favorite part was Cactus Jack getting a fucking bamboozled by the Steiner brothers in the cage, almost lowering down on top of him. That was fucking brilliant. Yes, I like how Rick had to kick him to move him out of the way. Yeah. And then fucking Cactus, another fucking botching tomfoolery, 
was when fucking he was up on the ropes to get the fucking switch and Steiner's in the chair and he's not pulling the switch until Abby gets in the chair. A switch, mind you, that kept falling on its own throughout the match. Yeah. And if you see one point, one of the referees is trying to duct tape it into place. Referee makes its debut. If you don't know what that is, they put one of those fucking like waterhead helmets on the referee with a camera inside it to try to see the action. But of course, it's not looking where the referee's looking. It's like looking down so you don't really see anything anyway. And, uh, oh, I don't know if you noticed, but when Abby was uh, eliminated or whatever fucking verbiage they used rather than saying electrocuted, the fucking hat wasn't even on his head. Like, yeah. I think I think the, the, the switch falling and then the Abby finish has sustained this pay-per-view throughout history just because of that. Like, that moment, despite how much awesome stuff was on this show, everyone remembers it for the switch falling before it was supposed to and nothing happening. But that wasn't even the best part, right? Because after the action and Abby's in the chair and he's fucking, you know, defeated and Cactus is trying to revive him, they they all of a sudden Abby wakes up and he's like a man, a madman from the Sudan. So yeah. much so that these poor slobs are trying to put the ramp back together and he just fucking just starts back booting them. <laughs> and then I guess Cactus thought this would be a good idea because finally when the ramp was back in place, they beat up like these fucking 12 guys covered in baby powder that had a stretcher, I guess, to take the carcass away of whoever got electrocuted. And they just beat the shit out of these guys. So everybody went home a winner. Now, thanks I, to Abby and Cactus. I have a, I have a question. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I forgot to mention, too, Vader sub for Wyndham, who got hurt. So why would you show Wyndham showing up with Dustin if Wyndham is a heel and Dustin is a face? I didn't understand that either. And that kind of explains what was like my next question. Why are they having like baby faces, members of each team coming out like not together? But then yeah, I was... the announcing was really weird because they announced one person from one team, then one person from another, yeah. then two more from another team. It was really fucking strange. It, it, it took me it took me back to like for a second. I'm like, wait, this can't be the same. This can't be the same ch- Chamber of Horrors match that has Cactus Jack and Abdullah the Butcher in it because I'm thinking like Ellie got hit. I'm like Vader. Like what? What team was Vader on in this? And then it was just—it was just weird. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Uh, it was fun. The match was fun. Cactus got juice. Abdullah got juice. Uh, they have Rick Steiner in the chair. Oh, uh, and the ghouls came out. All the ghouls came out with the stretcher. That's uh, yeah, whatever that was. They're all dressed in white. That was really weird. Uh, because I guess someone was gonna get stretched out of there. Abdullah has Rick Steiner in, but Rick uh, belly to belly switches with him, and then he can't. Uh, Abdullah sat on the the helmet, so there's a struggle to get the helmet, and he's like really having a hard time getting the helmet out from under Abdullah. Now, now the chair is just not in the ring. The chair is surrounded by another cage inside the ring. So now picture this little cage inside the big cage, and fucking Rick Steiner, fucking belly to bellies, Abdullah the Butcher in a switch around into the chair and cactus is on the fucking apron on the ropes the whole time waiting for this to transpire for whatever god awful reason wait a second matt the 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 poster that i just pulled up on wikipedia has the the bad guy team as barry windham diamond stud one man gang one man gang who looks like the blue meanie in this and oz uh, yeah, there were a lot of substitutions yeah. in this match. Uh, Cactus and Oz traded place. Vader substituted for Wyndham, and Abby was brought in for because one man gang quit. What was Look, the story behind them switching? And why, if Oz was supposed to be in this big match, why did they make him lose to 
Kazmaier. Doesn't make too much sense. I don't to know. Me. I didn't find anything on that. That's weird. I just noticed this right now. And one man gang looks like Blue Meanie. <laughs> you know what's really weird? Big Josh and PNU's being a team. This was actually oh, a that, fun match. That was really weird. The creatures weren't very weird. Who I were the creatures? Uh, the creatures were Jumpin' Joey Mags and some big tall dude named Johnny Rich who didn't have much of a career. That's what I found in my research. Yep, you are correct. Uh, I like how you see fucking uh, Big Josh, who is... Um, fuck, why can't I think of his name? Matt Bourne. Matt Bourne, Matt Bourne yes. And he does the whoopee cushion as part of his finish. And then fucking PN News drops the big fucking slap of beef on top of him. And the best part was... Big Josh jumps on top of PN News and fucking pretty much just puts his boot in the back of his head to hold him down for the pin. As if you needed this to hold down creature number two. It was fucking great. I loved it. Oh, I got I gotta I gotta stop you there because you got a little ahead of you. There's a promo before this match. You very much. Oh there as you, you can see we're getting into the Halloween spirit. And as hard as we have tried, neither Missy or I have been able to find out who the WCW oh Phantom is. I found out who it is. Wait a minute, Missy. You've been with me all day long. You don't know who it is. You can't lie to these people. I know who it is. I'm just not going to tell you because I don't like you. Right. Well, I see the young pistols. Tracy, Steve coming by. Guys, tell me. Do you know who the, the WCW Phantom is? Eric, we, these old boys here, we don't give a hoot or heck who the Phantom is. What we're interested in is the United States tag titles. Currently held by the Patriots. Guys, we've laid our challenge out to you. And the young pistols, we're just beginning to wonder if your guys' colors, the Patriots, are red, white, and blue, or just plain yellow. That's right. <laughs> Take a gander at the new sons of the South, baptized on a hunter proof and raised by the blood of the Lamb. Look at here, Fireman Chip, while you was giving fire tips to little kids and phony baloney tied champion Desert Shield. Man, this is professional wrestling. These two boys are sick and tired of be- playing it the good way. We're going to get you for the U.S. tag titles. The Young Pistols, their guns are loaded. Let's get back down to the ring. Their I, gun? I don't understand this at all, why this promo was here. Because they're challenging them for the titles, that's why. Yeah, but they didn't, they didn't wrestle them on this show. Kevin left. Yeah, his thing froze. <laughs> Like what? I don't understand the point of this promo. I guess to hype up that they were coming after the uh, the Patriots. It's I was, WCW, dude. Why are you asking that question? Right, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so you kind of essentially covered the whole PN News Big Josh thing. Really weird pairing, but PN News and Big Josh win. Uh, like the fat white lady in the front row that won the rap contest that wrote that rap that PN News was rapping. I fucking hope that Death Row Records signed that woman. Yeah, do you? Holy <laughs> dog shit. She uh, had the beat side to Natural Born Killers. <laughs> yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. Uh, we move on from here. Bobby Eaton, Terrence Taylor. Excellent match. Fantastic I love match. match. Bobby Eaton Fuck. is a treasure. And you know what? Terry Taylor gets a lot of shit for being a fucking Red Rooster, but he was boy great. He was fucking great in this match. And dude... The Alabama Jam, nothing beats that finish. Nothing. That's it's fucking poetry. And the way Terrence Taylor takes it too, turns his head at the absolute last second as Bobby Eaton's hitting the canvas. Poetry, dude. Absolute beauty. Bobby, Beautiful. Bobby Eaton's dropping knees uh, from the top rope to the ramp. Yeah, fucking sick. 
Good stuff. Excellent match. I really enjoyed this match a lot. Um, the side suplex and the power bomb on the ramp. And a lot of, dude, a lot of hope spots by Bobby Eaton, too. He played, the comebacks were so perfect. The cutoffs were great. I have no complaints about this match. This was a fine fucking match. Um, oh, you know what I noticed was a theme throughout the show? Halloween. Aside from that. What's a pumpkins? theme that's quite prevalent on Wednesday nights. Is it just me or did they talk about ratings an awful lot during this show? Holy uh, shit, they made a big deal about ratings. Is this is the is this a this isn't Bill Watts is it he's not entirely yeah, in yet Bill Watts yeah oh yeah this is him this is still him yeah so the ratings yes they talked about the rankings the rankings Whatever, ratings rankings um I guess that was something they were doing for a very short time there uh yeah they talked about that Jim Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone talked about the rankings quite a bit uh, uh after Bobby Eaton pins Terrence Taylor we get a uh I guess a heel Johnny B bad. With uh, with Peanut Head, this is a very fucking really beta Johnny B. Bad into what he would become. Holy fuck! The teased hair, the makeup, the outfit—Jesus Christ, dude! He looked like a fucking cross-dressing stripper. Sick. Uh, and he took off, uh, took off, took on Jimmy Garvin yeah. with uh, Michael Garvin. Hayes, who had his arm in a sling, and they were really uh, playing up to the Atlanta crowd, doing the tomahawk chop. Which I thought was yeah, it was weird. weird. Like I don't, I from what I was, from what I understand, uh, Michael Hayes was supposed to wrestle somewhere else on the show, but he was hurt, and I think they wanted to put him with Jimmy Garvin to keep Jimmy Garvin getting like that that rub, so that this way Johnny B. Bad would get the heel reaction. But I don't know. It was just weird. It's weird seeing this early in like incarnation of Johnny B. Bad though, uh, and I mean Jimmy Jam got the fucking rub from Michael Hayes, and they, he was over his shit, dude. Yeah, and I think he uh, fucking popped, dude. They fucking popped for Michael P.S. Hayes and every fucking thing he did. And I think Hayes was supposed to wrestle Van Hammer. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we didn't get to fucking yeah. Iron Man Van Hammer yet. We'll but, get to him. But Don't they worry. didn't. They didn't want to put Hayes in there because they knew that people would cheer for him over Van Hammer. Oh yeah. So 100%. he does the, the arm in the sling, but then his arm comes out and he wallops Johnny B. Bad. And I chuckled every time Jim Ross called Teddy Long peanut head. Uh, I had a good yeah. laugh at that. But <laughs> uh, shit. Johnny, uh, Johnny you B. Don't really fuck, you don't fuck me up at the ending of this match, though. Um, Johnny B. Bad like, gets, gets the fucking the, what would become the kiss that don't miss off the distraction. And then when he pins Jimmy Jam, Jimmy Jam literally puts his leg over the referee and on top of the referee. And then Teddy Long pushes up. How the fuck does the referee not feel this, dude? Are you feeling me, playa? Like, seriously, how do you not know what's going on right on top of you? That's his, uh, that's his, uh, that's what the referee does. Oh, whatever. So, whatever. Johnny that's B. Right. Bad one. It, it was a fine match. I, you know, the people were hot for fucking Hayes. Good for them. It was just, it was strange. It was a strange fucking, and, and Teddy Long being out there with him, it was, it was, it was strange. I'll leave yeah. it at that. Apparently, Johnny B. Bad broke his nose on that sunset flip off the top rope, too. Oh, is that why his mouth was bleeding? Yeah. All right. That made more sense. I was trying to pinpoint where it happened, and I didn't notice until he was on the outside of the ring. Wait, was it? Because then at one point, when he went up on the outside, he kind of leaped over the top by himself and went out and tumbled over the buckle. But, it was, yeah, it was before that. So Now, uh, before we get into the next match, Missy Hyatt is on the – she's trying to figure out who the WCW Phantom is. And as we know, 
on our podcast, the one person who's probably not the best speaker shouldn't be the person you uh, Thanks, ask about guys. the WCW I'm still Phantom. I'm for the WCW Phantom, and I can't find him. It's not fair. I want to be the first to find him. Oh, beautiful Bobby, stop, stop. Please tell me, please tell me, where's the WCW Phantom? Who's the Phantom? How about Dorothy, Mara, Jack? I don't know what you're talking what? about. Look, you've been in the dressing room. I know you know where he's at. Tell me, I want to be the first. Hey, Missy, I'm going to celebrate. I just want a match. Please, please help me out here. Don't disappoint me. Women. It's it's weird. She goes from like not saying that she knows who it is to not knowing anything about where he is. Yeah, I, I think I think if you want to write it off, you could just say like, oh, she was being a bitch to Bischoff, but then she was trying to hoping to get information from somebody that might really know. Uh, if you, you know, it was kind of like Heenan. Like Heenan always said he knew everything, and, and then he fucking was full of shit. And if you haven't seen Halloween Havoc '91, uh, Bobby Eaton is holding a pumpkin during that whole. Which fucking Halloween Havoc? Why not? Yeah, but why is he going to go celebrate with a pumpkin? pumpkin. Was he going to bang it? The winner's purse was in the fucking hole where he's going to put his pichad. That's why. Uh, nah, next. Like... You eating? You eating? Next was my mm-hmm. favorite match of the night. Um, yeah. Steve Austin and Dustin Rhodes. Uh, and okay. If you, and if you catch JR on commentary, he says, if I'm going to build a franchise... Yep. Steve Austin is the first person I'm going to pick, which is number one pick. He's an all American was very funny. Kev, I, got, I got a question for Kevin. Oh, right. did you find something a little strange about this match? That I went did to you catch dr- what I caught? That no, I went to a caught draw? It, but you would have caught it. You would have caught that, it. That I went to it. Now keep in mind, I was watching this at work, so I may not have been a hundred percent. You would have caught Maybe you didn't catch it, but if anybody would have caught it, it would have been you. His gear. No You're close. The TV title. Matt. Yes, Matt nailed it. It was the NWA Television Championship, even though he was the WCW TV champ. All right. I, I mean, I noticed the belt. I just assumed that it was just, I don't know, one thing to do. What's this phrase? Something to do, not about the other, or much to do about nothing, or I don't know. Like that. But they had their big fallout with the NWA, and they're carrying around an NWA. I was going to say, how far removed are they from that fallout here? Well, I mean, the only other thing is, the NWA was always just about like the world championship, not even so much the tag team championship, but it did after a while. But uh, the only real belts that they cared about was the world championship, the women's championship, and then eventually the tag belt. So maybe they just didn't care that the belt was floating around doing whatever anymore. Yeah. It could have floated under the radar. Yeah. So there you go. No, but I, I didn't notice it. And for like, and I looked at it. I'm like, man, this, this belt doesn't like look right for like the, t- like the time. Because like, we'll fast forward to like the you know the world championship belt that they had, and I'm just looking at this belt. I'm like, this looks a little old school for for where they are at this point. But yeah, yeah, so it was. Yeah. Great match, though. So. Yeah, I yeah, enjoyed this. See, here's one. Here's one thing that bothers me though. This this was a pay per view, correct? Or was this a, a TBS deal? Pay per view. I guess because it's still on TV, but it's not like a TV show like could you do without the draw or is it just because it's a TV title it has to have a draw it has to have a time limit I mean I mean Dustin Dustin was still up and coming at this point anyway wasn't he he was still the natural and he was still like the young guy so and I and I guess and I guess every match has a time limit I guess that's kind of silly but um this was like fresh off his WWE Iran, like he, this is him coming back after I think he teams with Dusty at Summers or Rumble or 
I mean, yeah, I mean, he didn't have much of a run in WWE, but yeah, I think that, I think it was shortly after. I'll that. never understand that run and why it didn't last longer. Because Dusty was probably had enough. Dusty was probably tired oh, of Dusty, Dusty went back, and then so then Dustin went back. Yeah, and it was the whole DiBiase Virgil feud against them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so that makes sense now. That makes I had sense. no problems with this match either. I liked this match. I thought it was fine. Oh, uh, it was, it was a, a great match. Yeah, as a as as a youth. Anytime I saw like a Dustin Rhodes or a Steve Austin TV title match, like it excited me. And you go, if you go back to like 91, 92 and watch like the programs these guys were in, you know, Steamboat and Austin, Wyndham yeah. and Rhodes, like fucking awesome, just awesome matches. The fucking way they bumped, the way they told stories, like unbelievable. And it's so much fun to see uh, Steve Austin pre broken neck where he is just a fucking machine, dude. He is a wrestling yeah. machine. And Lady Blossom. I forgot about Lady Hell Blossom. Hell yeah, son. She had them hitters hanging out. The, and, and Jack, listen, it's so funny how like some things change or like they never change. Like Jim Ross was like, oh, they were featured in a you know in a in a in a poster in a WW in a WCW magazine and had to be a two-page fold because and Tony was like, Well, JR, and he's like Tony, and then Jared's like, I'll tell you after the show. It had to be a two pages because of Lady Blossom's blossoms. I guess you could say it's a good one. I like, <laughs> and, uh, and, and J- Jr. is still the same, dude. That's what that's what the first thing that struck me about this. We're watching Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross call a show in 1991, and then like two nights from now, we'll watch them call a show on uh, on TNT. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Twenty nine years later, they're still doing and, it, and Jim Ross is still making the same weird, creepy jokes. Can we can we talk about the back to back shit that comes up next? Oh man, for fucking get. Ah oh, man, I can't believe fucking Bill Kazmaier has a win over Kevin Nash. Came out wow. carrying the world, and well, he couldn't even it. carry it right. He was kind of like almost falling over with it. He was just selling it, buddy. That's a six hundred fifty pound globe. Let me ask you this though: if you didn't know that how Oz started and how he came out with that ridiculous mask, and if you just saw like Oz the character and you saw Kevin Nash, like. It's not it's not the worst name for a character in the world. Like if you don't call him like the magical or whatever his intro is, like the magical Oz or whatever it is. Like if you just saw Oz and you saw Kevin Nash come out, it's not the worst. It's not the worst gimmick in the world. Nah, I know there's been worse, but it's it ranks down there. Yeah, because the way he was debuted. But if you saw him come out the way he did for the first time, not like he did with that ridiculous movie mask on. Like if his name was just Oz. And he's coming out like seven foot tall with that bleach blonde hair and that what like Yeah, but this is ten years before the prison show, so you know. I'm not even I didn't even think about the prison show. Like I'm thinking like, all right, this guy's Oz. Like, all right, I can dig that. Here here's my notes. Bill skinned the cat. Impressive for a guy his size. He wins with the with the backbreaker. Maybe stealing one from Bruno San Martino there. No, Matt, that's a reference for you. They gave this fucking thing four minutes. This thing got four fucking minutes. How did this get four minutes? For two big men. I didn't think it was terrible. It was bad. Like the, you know, like the opening spot with, with like there was two spots, the opening and then the finish. And, with, I, and everything else is it is what it is. I don't understand how he goes from being in the chamber of horrors match to this. Well, that's what I just said. Like, how does he go from losing to Kazma? He was in the main event or one of the main events. Well, let's be honest. Losing to Kazma. The fucking the Chamber of Hearts, it didn't fucking matter who was in there. 
It really didn't matter. They could have put those seven fucking powder guys in there with Sting. It it didn't fucking matter. So the why? I mean, it had to matter for something because your biggest star was in it. Yeah, I don't know because and the Steiners were in it too. But who gives a shit? Mm. Yeah, Abdullah had a fucking following at that point in WCW. No, it, it was weird. Yeah, it was definitely weird. Gives a shit. Whatever. It was weird. Not as weird as them digging up. Uh, maybe Doug Summers was in one of those coffins that was outside. the Dude. What? Yo, he looked like dog shit. This is fucking Buddy Rose, Doug Summers running wild with the Rockers. AWA fucking Doug Summers. Yeah. What, Holy when I first, shit. When I first saw him and I, and I didn't realize who it was, I'm like, oh, they're not put. Is that a why is there a mulky on a WCW pay-per-view? I wrote, wow, Doug Summers looks like shit. Hammer moves like shit. What is this shit? Hold, Tony, they had the jackhammers for Van Hammer. Ah, loved it. Fuck. Van Hammer was a... St- if, Van, if Van Hammer had like a little bit of talent, ah, what a star he could have been. The only- they should have had a couple of guys pounding their puds because they could fucking call him the jack-off Van Hammer. To, to, he only missed three of his five moves that he did. Oh, the, 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 fair enough. The the the, the opening, like the first, like like I said, the opening in the other match, the opening in this match, were like Irish whip, and you know, and he comes back, and they just don't know what to do. <laughs> Every move was fucked. Wow, wow, wow. This, this these are my fucking notes. Looks like shit. Wrestles like shit. Oh my god. He the Irish whip where Doug Summers almost falls over himself. Yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah. The fu- dude, no, the worst, and this was fucking scary, and I don't know how he fucking survived. That fucking abomination slingshot suplex for the finish where he started going down before he even fucking sprang him on the top rope. I Fucking Doug Summers fucking should have died in the ring. He should have fucking died. There's no reason he should have survived that. It was fucking <laughs> garbage. This was... Man, uh... Amber, jumping around with the guitar. He's not even pretending to play it. He's just holding it over his head like a fucking championship. And there were two busted strings. Did you catch that? This fucking jack-off don't even know how to wire his fucking string up his fucking guitar. He's heavy metal. He looked like a fucking bazillion dollars, though. Oh, he looked 100%. like $4.6 bazillion. However, awesome. ugh. Like, if he, if he had an... If he had the talent... Let's see who I can compare him to. Here you go. If he had like half of like Lex Luger's talent, he would have been a main event guy. Oh, no doubt. You know what, Kevin? That that is a fucking fantastic comparison. Like, no bullshit. That's a great point. Like, because Lex, I mean, we see it in the main event. Lex Luger was, you know, he was a fucking body guy. Yeah. Uh, yes, I like that's a great comparison, Kevin. Kudos to you for that. If, like if that and that Lex Luger wasn't the great. That's, yeah, I just pulled that out there. I like do that. that out I'll there. tell you, just do it out there. I'll tell you what. Uh, we had two shit sandwiches in a row, and then on paper, Brian Pillman, Richard Morton, I thought was going to be awesome. But it's uh, Richard Morton. I said Richard Morton. No, no, no that, that's yeah. what I'm saying though. If it was Brian Pillman versus Ricky Morton. I felt like this was what you didn't like this match. No, I thought it missed the missed the mark by a ton. Fucking hundred percent disagree on that. I thought this was fucking awesome. I thought Richard Morton played a fucking great heel. The way he would fucking do some fucking weird shit and then turn around and eat it. Fucking, it it was great, dude. I thought it had great psychology. I thought he fucking did a great job. 
I think a lot of people want to forget this part of Ricky Morton's career. Well, it, it doesn't help that he fucking kept the bleach blonde hair and the fucking uh, rock and roll tights. I, that, Tony, you read my freaking mind. That I'm was like, a big problem. However, wrestling as a heel, I thought he fucking did a bang up job. I loved it. And I was going to ask you guys if he ever had like legit. I, I don't remember. I can probably go back and watch. But did he ever have legit heel like straight leg, like no fringes, no like tassels on his gear? Like gear in the early days, but I don't. And again, well, like the t- my timeline is so off. Like I don't know how long this character lasted. I can't imagine it lasted long. Couple, couple things that I took away from this. Number one, the light heavyweight weight limit was two hundred and thirty-six pounds. Fucking Macho Man could have been a light heavyweight for Christ's sakes. Don't you think that was a little high? Oh, it's nineteen ninety-one. I'm not saying I'm not saying like it had to be like two hundred pounds or under, but Jesus Christ, like two fifteen, I think is like the boxing light heavyweights, isn't it? Am yeah, I I'm not ca- I'm not casting any dispersions, but what were a lot of people doing in nineteen ninety-one? It was kind of hard to probably be under two hundred pounds in nineteen ninety-one. Brother, brother, the ref- <laughs> the ref- give me Doctor Zahorian's number, brother. <laughs> did you? The uh, was oh, the referee. Did you get the? Uh, did you see who was in this tournament? No, I, I didn't pay attention to who mentioned it. And I sort of whiffed on who it was. Okay, so Brian Pillman got a bye, and then he faced the winner of Joey Mags against Bad Street. Oh, that's right. He wrestled Bad Street. And that was Brad Armstrong. Was Brad Armstrong, yeah, yeah. And Richard Morton beat Johnny Rich, who was one of the creatures. Uh, yes. Mike Mike Graham defeated Terrence Taylor in the first round. Uh, wow, he, Mike Graham had a mothball. Yeah, the your, creatures were huge. The, your semifinal match, Brian Pillman beat Bad Street, and then Richard Morton beat Mike Graham, and that's how he got here to crown the first inaugural WCW light heavyweight champion. Uh, I don't know, man. I just wasn't in. Like, Richard Morton's work is great, and Brian Pillman is fantastic, but if this is Bill Watts' era, where you can't jump off the top rope. Like, I don't know, man. I just felt like this match was flat. It didn't do it for me. I was expecting I, a lot I, more. I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought, I thought heel Richard Morton was fucking, was pretty solid. I, I enjoyed Pillman. Pillman's fucking win at the end was fucking great. The fucking dive off the top. It was, I thought it was fucking fine. Uh, one thing. Oh, two things. Actually. I don't know if you caught it. They mentioned as part of the, uh, the uh, photographers at ringside, your friend and mine, Wally Choppy Choppy PP Yamaguchi, was there. I don't know if you oh, caught that. I didn't. And you know, it brought me back to AEW because every time they fucking show the ramp, there were two jackoffs holding cameras on the ramp, and it distracted the shit out of me. Get off the fucking ramp, please, and thank you. Holy Christ! <laughs> and it was two jackoffs in jean shorts holding equipment. I'm like, really? Get off the fucking get off the ramp. Don't be on the ramp. Really, really paying attention to detail there, buddy, huh? No, it bugged me because every time they would pan that side of the ring, I'd see these two jackoffs and they look like they were in the match. It's hard. You don't you don't keep that perspective of them being outside the ring. Fair enough. Anyway, speaking of being outside the ring, somebody makes a return here as the fucking Halloween phantom (laughs) destroying Tom Zane. He makes a return. This was his debut. (laughs) Well, we'll find out. It's not a return. We'll, we'll find out soon enough who it was making his return. But as of right now, yes, he's the Halloween Phantom. Now, he was many things. He was the Halloween Phantom. He was the WCW Phantom. Can we pick a fucking name for this poor guy? The Phantom. Let's just call him the Phantom. Call him Phantasmo. Maybe he'll pull your drawers off. I enjoyed his uh, creepy music as he came to the ring to wrestle the Z-Man. What was your favorite part of this match? The ending. <laughs> and when Tony Schiavone's like, ah, 
You know what that move is known worldwide as? That's the rude awakening. Hated that. Was that Tony or was that JR? That was Tony. No, I, I like the move just before that. When Tom Zink hit him in the face with a drop kick and he just fucking no sold it and gave him the fucking rude awakening. <laughs> that, that was the best part to me. Completely said, fuck your drop kick. <laughs> Good stuff. But I gotta uh, yeah. tell you. Uh, so wait, was this? No, we didn't get the reveal yet. The next match, first we get the the tag title match, and then we get the reveal. Firebreaker so, Chip, baby, Todd Champion. Chip and Todd Champion, the U.S. champions, taking on the world champions, the Enforcers, Arn Anderson and Larry Zbyszko. And I tell you what, enjoyed the shit out of this match too. So did I. Really enjoyed it, Matt. Like it? Three thumbs up across the board. No, this was a good match, but the f- man. Here's the thing, what? right? We got the fucking the Southern boys cutting a promo. At the at, challenge, you know, talking about the Patriots, and then the enforcers beating your U.S. tag team champions. I don't know, man. Firebreaker Chip mm-hmm. looked great. Fucking that other Todd Champion looked like a douchebag. Yeah, but I think, I think you have him confused. I thought Todd Champion looked really good. I Todd Champion, the tall guy. Yeah, yeah, no, Firebreaker Chip. He looked good. He got in there. He started the match off with Zabisco. Then they switched to Arn. I was into Firebreaker Chip. The only, yeah, the only thing I had in, in notes, the things that, that was fucked up near the end were Todd Champion fucking blew the atomic drop in the corner and they just fucking stood there oh, looking yeah. at each other. I think Arn Anderson sold it and he didn't really fucking put his knee out. But other than that, dude, I was fine with this. The fucking banging of the heads and Arn getting the spine and the fucking, yeah, the spine buster was at the DDT. It was spine buster, wasn't it? Did he finish with the spine buster? Somebody help? Yes. Okay, so then that's what it was. And the crowd went nuts for that, so good on them. And I don't mind the U.S. tag champs losing to the world tag team champions. That makes sense, you yeah, know? Arn pinned the chipster. Yeah, there you go. But I was fine with this, dude. I, th- I thought it was a fucking good little match. I mean, you're in, you're, if you're Todd Champion and, and, uh, and Chippy Magoo, you really can't be upset. You can't really have a bad match with Zabisco and Arn Anderson. And that's the thing, like, like when we talked to— And they held uh, their own. When we talked to uh, Ricky Steamboat, like they like, you know, Zabisco was always known as the Granite Man. But man, fucking Zabisco was working his ass off here. They they were a fucking great team. And I know Tony Schiavone said it like and to me, like Bobby Eaton's always a tag guy. But Arn Anderson's a fucking tag specialist. One hundred percent. No doubt. He was on one of my top fives. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I think Jim Ross referred to him as the greatest tag team wrestler ever. Yeah, that's that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd argue Bobby Eaton fits in there as well. But I, would right. not, I would not dis- discount anyone for saying Arn Anderson, number one tag guy ever, because I, I would I could 100 percent agree with that statement. I got yeah. no argument against that. Do you guys Bobby want- Eaton's personal preference to me? Do you want to hear the big reveal? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, because uh, Heyman cuts a scathing promo and then Rick Rude has some very surprising words for the stinger. I was not ready for this. Uh, in 2020, I don't know what 1991 Matt would have done. If were he were you this. not ready for the music to be playing for half of his promo? Holy fuck, <laughs> dude. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, too. Here we go. Well, thanks, Jim and Tony. And what a great night of WCW action. We've still got our two out of three fall match for the heavyweight champion of the world to come. But I'm here because I've been told that my former broadcast colleague, Paul E. Dangerously, has some news that is going to shock WCW because he is the shock master and as Paulie dangerously makes his way to the interview area accompanied by Medusa Paulie dangerously I'll ask you point blank what is this earth-shattering news 
first of all, there's a story that nobody here has had the guts to break. For those of you who've been watching television and haven't seen me for a couple of weeks, WCW is headed by a steering committee, a bunch of modern-day Einsteins that don't realize it's 1991. See, these guys think I'm too controversial. These guys say, Paulie Dangerously, you're too outspoken. So they say to me, Paul E. Dangerously, you are no longer the co-host of World Championship Wrestling. Now, this means war. This means war on the championship committee. This means war on World Championship Wrestling. Because in case you forgot, I happen to have a manager's license. And the way to bankrupt this whole damn company is to take away your heroes. And I'm starting right at the top with Sting. Because what would WCW do without Sting? So, I went out and got the first lady of World Championship Wrestling, Medusa. And I said, Medusa, find me the man that can eliminate Sting for good. Find me this man, and this man is here in this building tonight. And Jim Ross couldn't pull his mask off. And Tony Schiavone couldn't pull his mask off. Maybe you could have, but he's been in the back watching the World Series game. Ladies and gentlemen, the man Medusa brought to me is here tonight. His name is the WCW Halloween Phantom. Such a nice touch saying that maybe Bischoff could pull off the mask. The man behind this mask is the only man on the face of the planet that can help me bankrupt this company till I can fire it and fire every single person that has stood in my way. The man behind this mask is the only man that's ever eliminated each and every person in his way. The man behind this mask is the only man that can crush the hopes of the little stingers until a man stands over the remnants of his career and says, Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Rest in peace, Stinger. Your career is over. Ladies and gentlemen, the next United States Heavyweight Champion, Ravenson Brown. Wow. Is that incredible or what? What a coup. That's right, people. It's Ravenson Anybody who knows Ravishing Rick Rude knows that all I care about is myself, my women, and my money. It just so happens that my money man has a problem with the World Championship Committee. And the way he sees fit to solve this problem is to dismantle the WCW brick by brick. The brick. What better way, Mr. Dangerously, to start off than with a low-life scumbag like Sting?
Ding! Wow. Really? This is DX mood. You know, Mr. Dangerously, a couple of questions come to my mind, being that I never had the opportunity to stand face to face with the stinger. I'm kind of wondering if he's really as small as he looks on television. I'm kind of wondering if he is the low-life garbage collected scumbag that he portrays on TV. Well, Sting, your days are numbered. I'm going to tear apart the WCW, and I'm going to take your United States title. A couple things I just want to point out how small Rick Rude looks in WCW. Yeah. He's not as fucking Kevin's making a face. He's not as chiseled as he won in is in, in WWF. He was never like he was always lean though. He was yeah, always lean. But he like I don't know. I just feel like he doesn't look as chiseled as he did in WWF. And uh that fucking Paulie promo. In fucking nineteen ninety one Paulie's cutting promos like that. It's no wonder he's as successful as he is. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, good stuff. I was a little upset about the Rick Root calling Stinger a scumbag. Cat, why is that? Cat, what do you mean? Why Sting is not a scumbag, Kevin? Well, if you're a bad guy, he is. Yeah, it's a weird choice of words. I don't feel like you heard that verbiage in 1991 on either of well, the wrestling shows. Well, I was seven. So now you know why this guy wound up in ECW and then in, in DX and then the NWO, and you know he was a pioneer. Well, there he you was go. ravishing. Simply ravishing. Can no, we talk about our main event? Yes, let's talk about our main event. Two out of three falls. Lex Luger with Harley Race takes on Ron Simmons with Dutty Rose. Daddy. And we get that. And Ron Simmons gets the baby face treatment here with the fucking Florida State uh, walk around campus. What was it? Bobby Bowden's his coach. The fucking chatting him up, checking out his fucking jersey, retired in the locker room, doing all the sprints up and down the steps. And then they announce him. And then they announce him again when he's coming to the ring. It was a weird yes, fucking moment. That there. was fucking weird because I thought they were announcing him, and then Gary Michael Capetta announced him again. I caught that. Yes, and it, it was, was weird. And and I don't know how long Dusty had been back because he was done with the WWF two at this point. And of course, they had to announce just for this for this night only. Dusty Rhodes was going to be in his corner. It's like eh, the threat, Daddy. You got to take a break. Take a break, Daddy. I got you. Um. Total package, fresh off of getting shit on for fucking winning the title at the Great American Bash, nineteen ninety one. Yikes! All right, so 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 bring me back, T Donk or Matt. Ron Simmons beats Vader when in ninety two early two, I think. Yeah. Oh, so this is even okay. So this is before he's even the champion. Yeah, yeah, because okay. this belt was the one that that came after the Great American Bash, which Luger beat Wyndham for that title, like shortly before this. So this is like the new. So who, be, who beats Luger for this then? Vader. Sting. And then Vader beats Sting. And loses to and then Ron Simmons beats Ron Simmons. All right, my timeline is all screwed up with this. I thought like Ron Simmons oh, was like good. getting. A, no, I thought Ron Simmons is like was getting a rematch. Like I thought maybe Luger beat Ron Simmons. And now this is Ron Simmons' rematch. Yeah, no. I didn't realize that Ron Simmons had a shot at the belt before he actually won it. Yeah, to Tony's point, Luger beats uh, Wyndham at the Great American Bash. Sting beats Luger at Super Bowl three. Vader Sting. beats Sting at the Great American Bash in 92. And then uh, at a house show, 
uh, or Saturday night's main event, August second, nineteen ninety two. Simmons beats um, Vader. And then does Vader win it back? Yes, at a house show in December, Vader wins it back uh, at the end of ninety two, and then Sting wins it in London, England. Him and Vader God. trade the title uh, overseas before Flair comes back and he wins it at Starcade ten. Remember when Flair has the unification, and then we take off from there. See, that's I'll give WCW a whole lot of credit. They changed titles on house shows way more than WWE ever did. Yeah, in the later years, yeah. And and now it's such a well, and in nineties, in in the early nineties, they did it. That I mean, what Matt just read off was kind of was kind of proof of that. No, but WWE was doing it, but they did it more out of necessity in this time. No, they did it. They, they, yeah, they did it at what the, the like, ah, you know what? All right, well, it depends on how far you want to go back. If you want to go back to like, like the back when Bruno era, then I, I guess maybe it happened. No, no, I'm talking but about like, the 90s. I mean, we, we had shit with like oh, Mountie, we had shit with Bret Hart. I mean, I'm talking about the world title, like, Bret he did Hart. it once, Diesel. No, well, Diesel is the one. That oh, comes Brett to too was a house show, and that was a house show when he beat Ric Flair. And when did Ric Flair beat the Macho Man? Wasn't that a house show as well? Yeah, you're right. You're right, but I, I, I guess I didn't really consider those house shows because I saw it for the first time on TV. Diesel uh, might have been the very last house show title change for the like, world title. World title, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it might yeah. have been because everything now is like Raw and 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 SmackDown, and you know. Yeah, Strange. I think you might be right. Like, I don't think a top title has changed hands since then on the house show. I mean, I think that there wasn't the last IC title here in at the Garden. Maybe Zack Ryder. No? no, no. Like in the within the last like year, I think the IC title changed hands. AJ Styles beat somebody, or someone beat AJ Styles. And then he yes. lost AJ, yeah, AJ, AJ Styles beat somebody. You're right. Hey, you know what uh, I learned? I learned that Lex Luger's uh, fucking finishing pile driver was called the attitude adjustment. Yes. Yes. Today fucking years old. Wild. And, he, and, and he fucking still fucked it up. <laughs> Although I got to admit, I think, that was, I think uh, that was trying to get over the shoulder that he landed on his shoulder as opposed he, to. That's the thing. Either Lex Luger's a genius and he did the pile driver purposely that way to injure the shoulder or he's just a fucking idiot and lucked into the greatest finish of all times. Like, I, th- I think Ron, I think Ron Simmons helped him too. Ron Simmons kind of, if you look at the way, like if you watch the replay and you look the way Ron Simmons kind of like lifted his shoulder out of it, yeah, because it hurt so bad. Like, I think it was actually really well done. Because no, it was not the most aesthetic looking pile driver, but it, it did the job. And credit them and the announcers too for making that. And and the ending to all the falls was great. Like the ending to the first fall with with uh, Simmons getting the power slam and getting the pin. That was perfect. The fucking dive over the top where Harley Race was grabbing onto the tights so he wouldn't fall over. You know, it's kind of shitty, but he's a heel and that's a shitty thing to do. And they got away with it. And fucking what was it? There There was one point where Luger had Simmons pinned and Simmons kicked out and Harley Race just yells, Jesus Christ, you could have counted to 10. I was like, holy cow. Yes, and then Shivani is they're trying to explain, like, oh, he meant to say that it would they could have been a 10 count outside the ring. 
What the? What are you guys talking about? They weren't paying attention. They weren't paying attention. You see, like you you watch them on AEW, and sometimes you scratch your head, like, what are they talking about? They've been doing this for thirty years. They've been perfecting Stunad. In the middle of this years. match, they were talking about Steve Avery pitching for the Braves, and then sh- and then Jim Ross goes, "How about that, John Smoltz?" The fucking main event. <laughs> Two out of three falls. What are you guys doing? This makes me understand them so much more. And I can't really, I'm going to watch them totally different now when they call. Yeah, like you look matches. at them now and it's like, yeah, they're a little older and JR is a little more curmudgeon, curmudgeonly. Is that a word? But Jesus Christ, they've been doing this fucking shtick for a long time. Holy cow. Holy cow. Any yeah. highlights that you guys want to talk about in the main event? No, no Nothing highlights. I feel like I've seen that that Simmons video like a million fucking times. Like they, when I just yeah, put I on think like they, a, I think they put, I think they played it again on his way to challenging Vader. I yeah, because I feel like recently I put on a random Saturday night's main event on the network, and it was just like they showed that video. Either that they they it was like one of those videos that like you it, they've used it before leading up to something. Either this or the Vader win. They did, hundred percent, or even after the Vader win. Just to put over how awesome Ron Simmons was as a champion. Yeah, they, they've definitely, it wasn't the first time that you saw it for sure. Uh, well, Lex, Lex Luger takes two falls in a row to win the match two to one and retain the championship. Yeah, we're on the Starcade 91 Battle Bowl. Oh boy. I think there was a clash of the champions in between where Rude may have taken the title off of Sting. It's possible, maybe. And I do like that version of the US belt, the five plate belt. I do like that version. That might be my favorite of, of, of all the U.S. titles, including the one that everybody likes that, you know, after after the five, the 10 pounds of silver, the one that Magnum T.A. Nikita Koloff, like that whole stretch in there. I think I like this one the best. Uh, what do you give it if you had to give it a grade? Uh, solid B plus. Yeah, you know what? I, I was tempted to just go for a B, but if you take the first matches and like some of the shit ones for, for the campiness, I I I'd edge toward a B plus. I'd I'd go with Kevin on that one. Yeah, because there was a lot of good on. That's the problem with WCW in these points. the The shit is really bad, but the good stuff is turns out always to be really good. You know, so I got no complaints. No, no complaints on my end. To steal a, a page out of Conrad's book, uh, the reader uh, poll for the Observer: fifty eight point nine percent gave it a thumbs up. Uh, Thirty-two percent gave it a thumbs down, and point zero eight percent gave it a thumbs in the middle. So I think we're all in the same boat. This was a good show. It was a good watch. What are you thinking? B, B plus? Yeah, right in that, right in that wheelhouse. B, B plus. I'm saying, like, like if you went B, I wouldn't argue with you, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a little bit toward a B plus on this. Yeah, I think the good outweighed the bad. Oh, severely. Yeah, I mean, for every Van Hammer in the opening match, we had a, quite a few fun matches in there that had some meaning and and were fine. Sure, from fine I mean, to look, like really good. If you if you really want to get an idea of who Terry Taylor is, go watch his match with with Bobby Eaton. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. And he gets a bad rap for the Red Rooster shit, but Terry Taylor was good even in Mid South. He was really good. Hundred percent. All right, Kev, you got anything else? I am good to go, baby. Awesome. All right. Well, we are the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. We'll be back next week, Monday night at 7 o'clock. Chris Levine, uh, referee from GCW Impact Wrestling, will be joining us about 7.45 to promote his upcoming show on uh, IWTV. Uh, So we'll be talking to him. We'll be talking more wrestling. Um, I got nothing else, man. We'll be back next week. It was fun. 
Uh, have, right. a, have a safe and happy Halloween. Uh, enjoy that extra hour of sleep Saturday night because it's daylight savings time. Yep. And, yep, yep. Uh, support your Wizards at Wizards Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Wizards Podcast. That's what we're called. Uh, Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Wizards. Uh, Shining Wizards on the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Wizards Podcast. Yeah. Support us for as little as $1 a month. And as Tony said, get those T-shirt orders in for that Halloween Shining Wizards Kick logo shirt so I can get it to you before uh, Halloween. Uh, we'll be yes. back next Monday with another rip roaring exciting episode of the shining wizards wrestling podcast all right hey good night gracie good night gotta pee why man why with the good night gracie stuff all right i, I gotta pee bro goodbye kevin bye <laughs> and we are out uh.